Hello everybody, welcome to the Not Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen and God, it has been a weekend. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, lots of ups and downs this weekend. I won't try to get into too much detail about it. But needless to say, I was supposed to be at first attack doing commentary in Puerto Rico. I was unable to attend uh, due to emergency reasons and uh, made me really sad. Uh, I love First Attack to death. I love Puerto Rico. I love Mono. And so I, again, feel awful that I was unable to fulfill my duties over there in, you know, in for, for First Attack. Because, again, absolutely one of my favorite tournaments to visit even to the point where, like, I got a fortune in a fortune cookie one time that was like, you're about to embark on a nice vacation. And I was like, that means I'm going to first attack. <sighs> and then I just did not get a chance to actually go. I didn't apply for the Street Fighter Six beta because I thought I was going to be at first attack. So the fact that I didn't get in the first attack, didn't go to first attack... And didn't have a beta, kind of poured salt on the wounds and everything like that. But uh, as a result, uh, I, I obviously, if you've seen my stream on twitch.tv slash jchenzor, you've seen that I streamed the SF6 beta all weekend long. And of course, uh, the reason for that is because I had actually several people offer me codes that they were unable to use. I even had one person literally, before I even accepted their offer, send me their Steam name and password and was just like, hey, look, you can use our account and play Street Fighter because we're unable to use it. So do whatever you want with it because uh, they were trying to get it to run on their Steam Deck and it didn't work. And so they just offered me their account to play. And so I definitely uh, received code from a very, very generous, generous person. You know who you are. Thank you very much. And uh, I did manage to play Street Fighter Six beta this weekend. Normally I start the show with a lot of FGC news, but I don't know how long I'm going to be sitting here talking about Street Fighter 6. So I'm going to skip the news stuff and just go straight into talking about Street Fighter 6. Also, uh, just as a little, uh, uh, just kind of like as a little uh, uh, caveat here, it probably would have been really nice for me to pull up a lot of footage from my stream and to be able to show you guys so I so you guys could see a lot of the stuff that happened. However, you know, two things. One, I wanted to keep this as, I mean, I have a lot of stuff to talk about, so I wanted to keep this as podcasty friendly as possible so that way if you guys are watching this on YouTube and putting it on the background or whatever like that, you don't have to worry about looking at the screen as much. And then also at the same time, I didn't... I had a 10-hour stream on Saturday. You think I've went through that stream and actually culled out all the footage that I want to be able to show on this? Hey, not happening, okay? <laughs> Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So we're just going to go ahead and talk about this uh, straight up here and uh, go through it. So yeah, Max will probably have some clips. That's probably true. Uh, we closed out the beta playing a few sets against each other, which was really, really fun. But let's just talk about the Street Fighter Six beta. Get my staff to do it for me? Great idea, Dubu Domo. James, James, can you get on that right now? 
Screw you. All right, no, I, I think my staff is uh, I think my staff is uh, is fighting back against me right now. So I don't think it's happening here at this point in time. So you know, well, I'll see if I can convince my staff at some point in time. So <laughs> get Nathan to do it. <laughs> oh man, uh, you don't think Nathan's lazier than I am? <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's talk about the Street Fighter 6 beta. Let's talk about my initial thoughts on it. So, you know, the Street Fighter, so just in case you guys don't know, in case you guys were living under a rock uh, in the FGC for this past weekend, the first uh, Street Fighter 6 closed beta. So again, closed beta. I know a lot of people were frustrated that they couldn't get in. And, you know, the indication of how frustrated a lot of people who couldn't get in is probably an indication. What's up, SSJ Cloud Strife? First time catching the show live from South Africa. What's going on? But given how angry a lot of people were that they couldn't get into a beta is probably a good indication of how well the beta was received. How many uh, betas have we had where matchmaking isn't working, you know, servers get overloaded, or, you know, maybe the game isn't just, just turns out not to be very enjoyable, etc., etc. Uh, that was not the case. Not, not the case uh, for this beta. This beta came out flying right out the gates. People were having great matches. The netcode was great and everything like that. You know, I didn't even add in netcode as a, as a topic to talk about here. Let's actually add that in here. Uh, let's do that. Da, 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 da. There we go. Added netcode experience into my list of things to talk about. Uh, to talk about over here. Uh, so... Uh, again, the Street Fighter 6 beta came out of the gates charging, and people were having fun with it. I loved, loved, loved the way that the only way you could get into training mode was by sitting at the battle hub and letting people challenge you because that way you could train, but then it also forced you to accept matches as well so they could test the net code. Now, a lot of people were mad. Why wasn't this an open beta? Blah, blah, blah. We, we don't know anything about the net code until we get to an open beta. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so to kind of explain this a little bit, the net code itself... It was very clear that Capcom was trying to test a very specific subset of things uh, for in this beta. And that's what you do with a closed beta. If you have a closed beta and you limit the number of people in there, you don't have to worry about server load, right? They're not, their interest in this beta was probably not server load. It was probably netcode, how the battle hub experience worked, how well people sitting down at machines challenging each other was, you know, and maybe even to get some balance ideas right now, you know, to, to, to see if some of these players 
obviously one of the things we'll talk about later on, like a lot of people complaining about drive impacts and such, you know, like it, it's probably a good idea to get a little bit of that out of the way, you know, first. Server load will come later. So a lot of people are like, we don't know anything about the net code until we get server load. So just as an FYI to people, server load has nothing to do with net code, right? Server matchmaking load is a different thing than net code because server load is basically everyone going, I want a match and then there's too many people and then the servers just fall apart because they, they've they written their queues badly, they're, they're processing it, there's like places that their code loops or hangs or whatever like that. But once it matches two people together, remember this is a fighting game, so the two people who get matched up are actually peer-to-peer. -peer. So, so that, at that point in time, there is actually no connections with the server at that point, and it's just net code. It's just net code, and you know that's what Capcom probably wanted to test more on this run. So it was a closed beta, and again, for, the, for all intents and purposes, it was absolutely a success. I think uh, people played it, and, and in fact, like I said, a lot of people mad that it wasn't an open beta. And again, you know, I'm lucky, right? I'm influencer, although I loathe to call myself that. But, you know, people offered me codes. So I got in in the end because I'm in a lucky position. Uh, I'm in a lucky position. But um, a lot of people didn't make it. And I totally get that a lot of people are kind of frustrated with that. Hopefully an open beta will come soon. But again... That's just an indication of the experience that everybody had, how much people were enjoying playing the game, how much people were enjoying watching the game. And another thing that's an indication of how successful the beta is, man, people are having some beta withdrawal right now. I mean, you guys know that during uh, September, I played a crap ton of Street Fighter V online. I don't know if I can go back. I'm, I'm just like, do I want to go back to Street Fighter V? And again, not saying that Street Fighter V is bad. It's just that I'm using Lucia, and she's so much work and struggle. And I played Kimberly during this entire beta. She's so fun, and she's got so much dirt. And I was just like, oh, God, can I go back to my, to my, to my mediocre Lucia at this point? Oh, man, dude, Foxy Grandpa saying he spent 50 hours on the beta. Dude, dude, Foxy, like, I streamed for 10 hours. I have never done that. Like, I don't know if I've ever played a stream for 10 hours. I played another player, like, and the end record was, like, 32. No, it was, like, I think it was. It was, like, 30 to 11. Oh, no, it was 20 to 11 or something like that. I played someone for 31 games. <laughs> I haven't played a long set against someone like that in, like, decades, dude. It was crazy, and it just, the time went by so fast. I can't believe it. And, and again, just an indication of just how cracked it was, right, and how much people enjoyed the game a lot, you know. And so, honestly, just the whole experience of it was great, and just the initial, you know, experience that we had with the Battle Hub was just great, dude. It, it, uh, the, the experience of the Battle Hub was really, really nice. I love running around the Battle Hub. 
I mean, it was really funny because there were there's machines all over the battle hub, and there's even these upstairs machines. And I'm not the only one who kind of caught this, but it was like the upstairs machines were kind of like the leave these guys alone and let them training mode. You definitely got challenged a couple of times, but it's just like there was this weird etiquette, at least I did, that if I saw people on the machines up there, I left them alone. And then everybody in the middle is where everybody was like, like, okay, come challenge me, kind of thing like that, you know? Uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. And again, you know, the fact that you can spectate and do all sorts of stuff, it's, it's just, it's really, really neat. The screens just have pictures that cycle between them. You actually don't get to see the matches or what people are doing or anything, because that would be way too intensive. Like you would just be feeding network feeds from everywhere and that would just basically be impossible so they just had like little Street Fighter Six slideshows basically uh, going through on the little cabinets. But again, the entire design is just like the entire experience was fantastic. I mean, just the, the, the Battle Hub experience. I mean, we didn't get access to World Tour. We didn't get access to True Ranked. They had the ability for you to go into Ranked. Uh, while standing around the battle hub, which was interesting. I'm sure they're going to change it in the future that you can queue up for ranked in all sorts of different ways. For example, one of the things that they said was that you should be able to play the old school games while waiting for the battle, while waiting for ranked matches. If I remember, that was a feature they touted, was not available in this beta. So during the beta, I saw Final Fight. I saw Magic, I played Magic Sword, I played a little Super Turbo, so they actually had a game center where all the cabinets would just basically cycle between different games that are available at the time. So like I said, when it started it was Final Fight, I think the next day was Magic Sword, last day was all Super Turbo, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was actually really, really neat. Um, but uh, when you were playing them this time, uh, they didn't let you queue up for anything, so I don't know if that's a feature that's a feature that's going to change in the future. And again, caveat to everybody: this is a beta. A lot of stuff we've experienced can very, very much change. And so, uh, Jesus and Marion Barry Chain asks in the chat: Could ST be played online? No, ST was only one player, so there was no ability for anyone to sit on the cabinet and play against you. Because I think that they don't. I don't know if that's something they'll add in the future. Maybe they will. They'll add net code to those games so that you can play Final Fight with other people, Volpus with other people, Magic Sword with with other people and stuff like that. Uh, uh, God, is that what the name of that stupid shooter game called? Is I always forget if it's Volgus. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, there is a PVE. Yeah, basically, uh, Guhox mentions you could get uh, tickets for getting into, um, you know, getting certain score records and stuff like that. You could also challenge other people and stuff. So, yeah, the game for the most part, uh, we I would imagine the game is pretty close to being fixed, uh, being done. Because like I said, it was way too refined. I feel like to still be in a position of flux but obviously you know submitting stuff to microsoft and sony and steam and whatever all that stuff like that to be and the esrb to be rated etc etc is very much separate from day one patches right so they can work on a lot of things and have it be day one patched right away so in case they want to rebalance or, or or something you know to that effect basically 
And yeah, Forrest, we're all hoping that, that the PS4, PS5 versions are every bit as good as the PC in terms of, you know, input lag, etc., etc. That's kind of what we're hoping for. Uh, we'll see what happens, uh, especially with uh, Evo announcing that, you know, companies are trying to work directly with the Unreal Engine to improve input lag and such. So, huh, fingers crossed, man, fingers crossed. Um, so, uh, again... The game was super robust, lots of great features, and if it is just a taste of what is to come, like we didn't get to touch any world tour uh, stuff, but if this is just a taste of what's to come, I mean, the stuff that they put into the game, like I swear to God, they like cold, like the history of fighting game requests and tried to stuff as many of them in there as possible. We'll get into that a little bit when we talk about packed with options. So I keep getting ahead of myself here. So let's just go to the topics at hand here and let's just talk about uh, all these things one by one. And uh, just to start off here, I'm just gonna talk about the character creator here. And oh my God, the character creator Oh my god, like, look, if you are a person who loves character creation, as my roommate Olaf Redland is, he loves character creations, dude, the amount of time that you could probably spend on the character creator in this game is infinite. Like, the detail that you have that you could actually put into your characters... There are some options that just don't exist in other games and like the level of detail, like there are so many options that a person like me who has like no, no skill at character creations, who doesn't really pay attention to facial features very well, like seriously, you look at it and it's like, I don't even know what half the options do. There were so many options for the nose and like the, the, the chin and stuff and I was just like, I didn't like the bridge with bridge spacing, bridge arch, bridge this, nostril length, nostril breadth, nostril width, nostril height. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I did. Dude, and then you go to the hair, there's two hair colors, and then you could like rotate the hair colors around so it blends differently. And I was just like, like, that was the option. As soon as I found out that you could, you know, the hair was divided into two colors, and then you could rotate the blend so it looked different on the character, that was when I was like, all right, I'm done <laughs> i just i can't do this man i just can't do this and um dude like obviously you know olaf is gonna be my roommate olaf is gonna be much better at letting you know how the uh character creation stuff is because he is kind of an expert on that he definitely complained about a, a few things about like how the hip width is tied to uh like hip bulk or something like that and there wasn't enough separate options in there but he was like saying that so much of it was 10 out of 10 in terms of character uh creation at this point and yeah the level of absolute monstrosity that you can create too that they just didn't care like seriously it is like uh like a like an old 1920s freak show kind of thing in the lobbies man like the things that you could create and the fact that i don't think capcom cares and i think that they think it's funny that you can create the most hideous creatures in the entire world like you can literally make the the the, the upper body of somebody completely like a stick and just like scrawny arms but then just have like the absolute bulkiest fattest legs in the world dude it's so 
crazy. Yeah, seriously, it's like Star Wars out there, dude. Tiny Text puts in Han shot first in the chat, and like seriously, I wouldn't be surprised if you could make Greedo in the chat. I mean, in the game, like seriously, the options you had for the eyes and for everything, dude. Like, it was wild the shit that you could do in this character creator, and it was almost intimidating. Now. My biggest complaints about the character creation is that the lighting in the character creator is very different than the lighting in the battle hub, okay? Because I created my character, I tried to make Lucia, her face looked very clean and, and smooth in the character creator, and then I brought her into the battle hub and she just looked wrinkly and everything. Dude, like, the lighting makes such a difference. Oh god, I was dying for like two minutes when I looked at what my character looked like in the battle hub, but oh man The level of detail is amazing. It's really really impressive and uh, Again for those of you who love this kind of thing and want to spend a lot of time on this the amount of time that you're gonna be able to spend on this just to customize your character is absolutely fantastic and again you know one thing to add to this uh that i didn't mention early on is that in this beta once you created it you couldn't change the character like that was just one of the rules that they put in there uh for the beta because they probably didn't want people to spend all that time just adjusting their character and not playing the game, right? Obviously, they were trying to test the netcode. Like I said, the way they geared everything, even training mode, forcing you. You didn't even have the, like, there's a menu option that literally has the ability to approve of matches or not, just like in Street Fighter V, was disabled. You didn't have the ability to reject people and stuff like that. So, you know, they obviously wanted to test the netcode. So, you know, it was really smart how they implemented it. It forced us to only create our characters once. But again, you are, uh, I mean, again, uh, Forrest, check, check, check Olaf Redland's, like, thread. Like, he, ha he was trying to create somebody and, like, he has this very, very beautiful face that's on there. Uh, honestly, like he was able to create something really well again as a person who has a lot of experience with character creation stuff So uh, he he definitely created something very very aesthetically pleasing and so you know, it's definitely possible. It's definitely impossible. So uh, But again uh, Yeah, exactly to Hollywood putting lighting options in the character creator would just be really good dude. It's so hard to make a good-looking character. So yeah, most people are going to create monstrosities because it's just easier to do that. <laughs> when I get the game, I already know what I want to create. Uh, trying to make Lucia was a good practice. It's not Lucia. I'm not making Lucia in, in, in my uh, character creator. But at least I got an idea. I'm not as interested in uh, creating... <laughs> creating uh, monstrosities, let's just put it that way. I'd rather actually, uh, cr you know, try to create something neat. That's what I did in Soul Calibur as well. All my uh, character creations were, you know, supposed to be homages to other fighting games and stuff like that. So, but yeah, again, uh, a K47 in the chat says that I like how Capcom let that work. I'm so glad that they let you create the monstrosities. I think that's really, really cool. I'm glad that they were just like, you know what? Screw it. Let them do it. And in fact, probably will 
cause a lot more positive buzz for them, you know, with people sharing their monstrosities out there. And I think that's hilarious. It, it gives everybody what they want, you know. <laughs> um, but again, character creation, really, really impressive. Very, very robust. Uh, and look, anyone's going to tell you, like, there are definitely things we wish they could add to the character creation. But, like, at this point, it's like, you can't say it's bad. You can't be like, man, this sucks. Capcom didn't put in lighting options. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's so good. Like, you can't be mad at it. You can't be mad at it if it's missing the one or two little things that would make it much better. You know, like, dude, for character creation, again, I think it's really robust. And I think it's really, really well done. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, is, like, you start with two body types. I don't know if they're going to have more, but, you know, uh, there's a male and a, and a female body. But, again, the gender is completely separated from that. So you can pick the male. The, I don't want to call it male and female body, but you know, what I, you know what I'm talking about, right? You have the masculine body, you have a feminine body, but you can change the gender to whatever you want, male, male female, or... I think the last option was none or or something like that. But obviously they let you do whatever you want. And it's it's really nice. It's very impressive and uh, really happy that they're aware of that. And uh, speaking of that, like I said earlier, let's go to the options. Of, oh, it was human. I think you're right, Holmes. I think it's just called human. Male, female, human basically were the, were the options. That is correct. Um, so uh, speaking of that, uh, I hinted at this. The options in the game are just absolutely fantastic. The ability for us to be able to tweak all sorts of things. So as a former UI designer uh, at my programming job, one of the things that I always talked about was if you aren't sure whether you should let players do this, like if player, if, if users... If you're not sure if the users would prefer it having laid out like this or having it laid out like that or, you know, do they want it so that it's selectable, just make it an option, right? And uh, the amount of options in this game are absolutely ridiculous. I said it before uh, in the intro, but it feels like they went through every single fighting game request in the history of life. Uh, oh, dang, a boost train is closed. Thank you very much for the sub, uh, El Zilcho. Uh, but again, like the amount of options they put in there, it feels like they went in cold, like the history of requests in fighting games and tried to throw everything in there that they could. The accessibility options are the most wonderful thing that I've ever seen. This is going to be the most blind friendly fighting game in the world you can actually turn on this beeping that changes speed and pitch based on how far away you are from the opponent so the closer you are to them it beeps fast and high it goes deep, 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 deep. and as you walk away it goes like it's crazy and then when your moves hit you'll actually hear a different tone for if it's a high attack a mid attack and a low attack it's different depending on which side your character is says uzi in the chat dude like like that's just crazy like i also heard that if you get hit by a cross-up 
there's a specific tone. I mean, I think that's one of the options that you have in there, but like, it's crazy the kind of stuff that they're putting in there for like accessibility options. Let me talk about the training mode here. Like I could talk about the training mode for like eight hours because they put everything into the training mode. It's so good. Things that were clearly missing from Street Fighter V's training mode. And keep in mind, Street Fighter V training mode is ridiculous. Now, again, in a previous stream where we talked about the TGS information, I went over the frame data bars and how awesome the frame data bars were. It was super useful for me just to be able to see the startup of a move instantaneously by hitting it and looking at that bar. God, that was nice. And like, you know, I can gush about that again, but that's going to be kind of repeat info. But again, the training bars were just absolutely miraculous, right? And yeah, Supermoose says, who thought of that UI? They're a genius. If they stole that from my spreadsheet, more power to them. Please steal more ideas from me. And in fact, you don't have to steal ideas from me. You can hire me to make the next Rival Schools game. <laughs> you, you can you can steal you can steal it from me for the next round, dude. I'm, you've seen my spreadsheet before, Super Moose. I don't know if you are actually just joking, but okay, you're not. You are genuinely asking who thought of that. But like, literally, my my. Uh, oh God, you're gonna make me do it again. You're gonna make me bust it out. You're gonna make me bust out my spreadsheet again because I love to show this thing off. I love to show this thing off. Uh, I've used this to teach frame data on first attack before. If you actually look at this thing over here, this was my frame data uh, spreadsheet. This is all Lucia's moves over here. I have hit stun and block stun so that if I hit you with a standing medium punch, you know, I can show you the block stun by doing stuff like this. Oh, it's plus three on block, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This is something that I've created. If they took this idea from me, you know, more power to them. Like I said, I'm totally down with that. I'm totally down with that. But uh, I created that a long time ago. I created that like a few years ago. <laughs> so very similar idea. And um, but like, let's talk about all the other options, dude. Like, for example, the reversal options in Street Fighter V, there was a separate menu for being able to uh, wake up attacks and post block, you know, post block and on wake up reversal options. They added the on hit reversal options, thank God. So now I can test reversals when I actually hit the opponent. But not only that, but it's all in one menu. Like the ability to replay and record and turn them on and off is really fast. You can delay them by like up to 20 frames. So after they block, it waits 20 frames before they do stuff. Not only that, but on the block options, you can edit how many things they block before they actually react. I always wanted to test Lucia doing crouching medium kick, light burn kick and then have the opponent counter and see what I could do. I couldn't test it because crouch medium kick into light burn kick is not a true block stream. So they would block the crouching medium kick and get counter hit by the burn kick because they would always throw out a button afterwards. In this one, you can actually just set it so that they block two things and then they do it. Like block two things within a certain time frame. And so I could actually do that test now. I could actually do the test if I wanted to. And there's just, like I said, there's 
the amount of options in the game are absolutely stunning for training mode. And it's just, oh God, like just looking through the training mode, being able to like on so many of the training mode options, you hit the Y button, uh, basically medium punch, and you could set parameters and stuff like that. Uh, there was so many, many, many options out there. Uh, there is one downside to this, and I know I've said this a million times on my stream already, uh, but just in case for you guys watching this, just a QOL advice for everybody who's going to be playing Street Fighter VI and using the training mode a lot. There are eight pages in the training mode, okay? It's very long and robust. And if you guys have played Street Fighter V, you know there's three pages. If you've played KOF, there's like five pages or six pages. And sometimes it's hard to remember where the pages are, so you're cycling through all the pages, and you're like, where's this option? Where's this, God, where's, where's the dummy options? And you accidentally pass over it, whatever like that. Even with just a few pages, I've done that in Soul Calibur VI, and I think that has like four pages, and I have trouble remembering where the pages are and stuff like that. So, uh, one, and again, this is just part of one of the things that they thought of that is just amazing. They literally have a shortcut in the training menu that if you hit LB and RB at the same time, it resets to the first page, basic training, and highlights exit training menu, exit training mode. So you can literally hit LB and RB anytime you want, hit the button and exit training mode very, very easily. However, I use this option to reset, and this is my QOL advice. Don't memorize the page order. Memorize how far each page is away from the basic main first page. And that way, anytime you want to go to that settings page, always reset it first and then scroll to the page. For example, I've already memorized that dummy settings are two pages right of the, of the first page, of the basics page. So every time I want to affect dummy settings on whether they block or get hit or are jumping, I hit LB plus RB, RB, RB. So reset, one, two. Scroll two pages to the side. Anytime I want to change how much life I have, how much super meter, if I want to put the opponent into burnout state, I know that's three pages left from the reset. So LB plus RB, LB, LB, LB. So boom, one, two, three. Anytime I want to go to recording, it's four pages either directions because it's in the middle. So basically, I can hit LB plus RB, 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 RB. I hit it four times and I'm over there. So again, there's a lot of, uh, uh, it's a, there's a big benefit of learning how to use the training menu that way. It will help you navigate the menus tremendously. It did for me. Now, that's my mindset. Different people might just memorize the order really well and easily and have the ability to just know exactly where they are in the list of things and stuff, and that works. But if you're like me and get lost and confused a lot, uh, you can definitely use that method to navigate the menus very, very clearly. But speaking of menus, there are some downsides to the game so far. Obviously, if it was all rainbows and puppies and everything like that, uh, that would be a miracle, right? Having said that, I will say that I do think that the non-training mode menus, the training mode menus are great, okay? I feel like their usability are fantastic. Everything outside of that is hideous. <laughs> it's awful. It's really, really not very good, okay? And uh, 
I, 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 as a UI creator, I can tell what happened. Placeholders, you put them in there because you need to get something working so that you can actually control through everything. And eventually, the placeholders become the final thing, right? Uh, the placeholders become the final thing. And so, they get used to it. <coughs> I had to have the chat teach me how to set... I mean, I thought I picked Kimberly and Classic Controls. Excuse me. <coughs> and then the first match I played, I was Luke with Modern Controls. And I was like, what? And they're like, oh, you set it in the wrong place. You have to set it in this location. And I was like, what? So like I, in the battle hub, I would hit start and I would look at all the options and I'm like, where do I set all this stuff? And they're like, oh, you don't set it in that menu. Back out. Now hit X while you're in the battle hub. And I was like, what? Why would there be a different button for a different menu? And sure enough, a different menu showed up. And then you had to go to every character who was just this tiny little box on the very left side of the screen. It's so placeholdery. Like, they're just like... But again, the, the people developing this game have probably gotten so used to it, they're not even thinking about it anymore. But, you know, they have all this information pane on the, on the right side, so that's why it's listed like that. But I don't see why the characters just don't take up full rows or something. But they probably want it easier to navigate once there's 44 characters in the game, which makes sense. You don't want to do it as columns because then it takes forever to find the character. So it'll be easier to navigate through there. <laughs> Any case... You had to change the characters to from modern to classic controls individually for every character. Now, they did have an option to press Y to apply this setting to everybody. But again, you know, while it's great that they're giving us all these options to be able to play different characters through different ways, you know, maybe you do want modern controls for some and classic controls for, for the others, etc., etc. I don't know. The whole thing was just kind of janky. And then even when you hit the start button, there was just like... There was like profile, CFN, like players, servers, options. Dude, there was so much stuff. And I like it was it was super confusing. Uh, again, you know, I'm sure they have UI and UX designers on their team. But again, you know, like I said, as a person who is a UI designer, I know what it's like to accidentally just get really accustomed to the design that you've created and really um, and really just know exactly, you know, where to find everything because you've been doing it for years and you're not realizing at this point in time that the UX is really awful. So UX is user experience uh, for those people who don't know uh, what UX stands for. Um, so yeah, uh, someone in the chat asks, what's the difference between modern and classic? Classic is what we know. Modern is, yeah, there's definitely less normals buttons uh, that you can access different things, but I think by like holding down back or down or whatever like that, and special moves are all one button, for example. So for Luke, I just figured out what was low forward and what was fireball. And so in the first match, I just did low forward fireball all day. <laughs> but yeah, you could do one button SPDs and, and stuff like that. Now, uh, I've heard there are ways to choose the special moves that you could use. I didn't mess with modern controls at all. 
So I cannot speak to modern controls. However, someone in my chat who comes from 3D games actually played only with modern controls. And he said it helped him get into the game really well. It really helped him. And it was his first 2D game ever. And he actually said that it helped him learn the game and that he really enjoyed playing the game because of that in a way that he hasn't been able to enjoy past 2D games that he's tried out. And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of importance to this. The, the modern controls is going to have some uh, 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 actual, like, in you know, very, very strong benefits, I think. I definitely fought someone who used modern controls with Jury because he walked backwards and DP'd. And, like, it's so funny to me how much that st stood out like a sore thumb to me. Because I was like, you can't do that. Wait, you can't do that? Oh, they're playing modern controls. So, like, they would walk backwards and I would chase them and then they'd DP and I'd run into it. Because I didn't see the character ever so slightly twitch. Like, they just DP'd and I just kept walking into it. Like, I didn't realize how much my brain had been programmed to wait to see the character twitch to know something is coming. But for the fact that they could just walk backwards straight into DP threw me off so much that I walked into the DP at least, like, five times. And I was like, whoa, weird how my brain is programmed this way. <laughs> So we'll see how it goes, honestly. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we had tournament players legit just using a lot of characters uh, in, in modern controls. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually had players who was, who was doing, who, who actually prefer just using modern controls and, and doing well with modern controls. And I think that'd be kind of neat. I think that'd be cool. You know, as long as one doesn't have a distinct advantage over the other, that's the thing that we have to check, right? If both of them have advantages over each other, and the ban and the advantages weigh out, like out, you know, basically uh, cancel each other out, we're in a good spot, right? Obviously, we don't want to have one control scheme specifically to have an advantage. This is going to be very, very, very hard to balance okay so we're gonna need a lot of research on this uh charge characters still required charges tiny text uh if you were guile and you were holding back and then hit the special move for sonic boom sonic boom wouldn't come out so you actually had to make sure you were fully charged before you could do it so it's not like you could walk flash kick walk sonic boom and stuff like that so um <laughs> you're modern too i'm not classic i don't like these names you don't like being known as modern <laughs> oh you're a, you're a modern using classic controls <laughs> dude whatever the name is just how it is uh, super damage is nerfed with modern controls really i did not know that kevamati that's what kevamati says in the chat super damage is nerfed with modern controls, and I guess that makes sense because level one supers do have invincibility, and so being able to do a level one super in the middle of nowhere to punish fireballs and stuff like that uh, makes sense that they would lower the damage a little bit. Makes sense that they would lower the damage. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, how much they lower the damage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, ah, we'll see how that plays out. But again, uh, the option, the menu are menus are not great. And uh, probably could use a, a, a once over on maybe, and maybe just like get some. Obviously, Capcom put out a feedback 
thing already. So if you haven't already filled, if you've played in the beta, on the closed beta, and you haven't filled out the feedback, uh, please do. But I do hope that they take a look at how to reorganize some of the options and maybe the start menu options uh, are more like the... Uh, the, the, like the, the profile options where there's a panel on the entire right side that tells you what options are available inside that menu or something like that. It was really, really very confusing how to navigate the menus. And I think that's a pretty universal uh, thought process on that. Like, even for me, just wanting to enter ranked mode while I was there. Now, obviously, options are missing, and they, it's going to be very different once the game comes out. But, you know, like, for example, if you turn ranked on in the battle hub, and then you're like, wait, I want to test something in training mode, and you go into training mode on that cabinet, and then you come back out, you're no longer waiting for rank to get. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird things like that. And I think that, you know, it could stand to be looked at but of course in the modern like we couldn't wait for ranked while doing training mode on the battle hub machines but that's probably because in the actual game like you should be able to just do training mode with ranked on but you know training mode on the battle hub cabinets is probably uh, just a hack they put in there to let you play ranked mode because there's also, when you start the game, there's three options. There's World Tour on the left, there's Battle Hub in the middle, and there's uh, Fighters... What is it called? Fighters Cafe? No, Fighters... Fighting Grounds. Fighting Grounds on the right side over there. Now, first thing I will mention is that screen looks like a loading screen. When it first came up on my computer, I sat there for at least like 30, 40 seconds before I was like, oh wait, this is a menu. It didn't look like a menu. But again, Fighting Grounds is where you're going to go to play ranked. So I think what they did in the Battle Hub to let you access ranked was just kind of like a, might have been just like a little bit of a kludge to allow people to play ranked right now. Um... Uh, so basically, Fighting Grounds would be a great name for a cafe. Actually, that would be a really amazing... Okay, okay, I, trademark James Chen, that's what my coffee, fighting game coffee joint is going to be called now, is Fighting Grounds, okay? Um, but, uh, uh, the whole idea, the, the menus can definitely be a lot better. We'll see what happens when the game actually comes out. I'm sure a lot of people are talking about that in their feedback already um you know uh hopefully and again I, I like the fact that fighting grounds is where you can go and play the ranked and all that and casual matches and stuff like that but battle hub is different so unlike what strive tried to do where they tried to mix ranked and this concept of battle hub and again i've always said i love the Guilty Gear Strive lobbies. I know people are going to get mad at me for saying that, but I love what they were trying to do. It was just very poorly implemented. Now we look at the Street Fighter VI Battle Hub, and like honestly, like what they've done with the Street Fighter VI Battle Hub is kind of what I think Guilty Gear wanted to do with the Strive lobbies. Now, Strive got probably affected a little bit more by the pandemic than, Guilt, uh, than, than Street Fighter did, but the Battle Hub for Street Fighter, I feel like, really is an indication of what Strive lobbies could have been and just completely failed to achieve. So again, um, 
I really think uh, it's a it's a parody of a Michael Jordan shirt, Zonny D. It's a it, Michael Jordan. He has a shirt where he has this and he's holding the basketball. Very iconic uh, Michael Jordan uh, pose. Um, but yeah, I I I I I like the Battle Hub a lot from what we've seen. And again, I like all of the options that the game has been providing to everybody. There's like every option you can think of. Like every time I saw a new option, I would just be like, what? They put this in here? They thought of this? Like literally on my stream, I kept saying that over and over and over again because I was just amazed at the things that they thought of that I don't even think people were even asking for, but were just be like, wouldn't it be nice if a game did? And they just like tried to put it in there. And so again, like I'm really happy with how it is so far. The training mode is wonderful. Again, I love the training mode so far. Uh, probably one of the best training modes. Yeah, is it missing something? Some people are like, I really want that accent core feature where you could be watching a replay and then all of a sudden just say, yo, you know what? Training mode from this frame forward. And then you could just practice how to block certain things. Like if you get hit by a mix-up, you'd be like, let me try. Oh, this is an interesting mix-up. Let me train to see what options I have. You know, like that's really cool. Uh, that's not in the game. That's not in the game, for example, at least as far as we know. So there are definitely some options that I know a lot of people want added in there. But Jesus Christ, like the amount of stuff they have in the game already is fantastic. Dude, Hi-Fi even saw that if you go to the replay channel, you can turn it on so that as characters are blocking, you'll see their frame data pop up above their head. Like someone does low forward and you see minus four plus four. Like, like kind of float out like Final Fantasy damage numbers above their head. So like while you're watching the replay, you can see the frame data during the replay the entire time. It's ridiculous, dude. It's so good. Oh, it's on by default. Dude, there you go. The dis oh, it's in spectate and replay. So if you're in the Battle Hub spectating a match, you actually just see the numbers out there? Dude, that is crazy, dude. That is ridiculous that it's just in the replay. And again, like I love the fact that so fighting games have always had this history of like trying to hide their information and it just feels like Capcom is just throwing everything out there. Uh, casuals are definitely going to be like, what is these numbers and stuff like that. But again, you know, the fact that they're there, they're not distracting. Like you can watch the replay without them very, very easily. They'll, they'll just disappear in the background. And, uh, and not only that, but it might make people start asking you know, go to a Discord, go to Twitter or whatever. What are these numbers? And dude, like that is a perfect way to have somebody learn through their own curiosity, right? And you can turn the option off. According to Paulo Web TV, you can just, I guess you just press zero and it's gone. So uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, I really like that. Uh, did the beta have a tutorial? No, it didn't have a tutorial, but that's what World Tour is supposed to be for, if I'm not mistaken, Lurker Spine, right? World Tour, you create your character, you go in there, you play, and then you have the ability, like the trainers, you'll run into masters who will teach you moves, and I'm sure the World Tour is kind of designed to be a tutorial on top of everything. 
Um, yeah, the, the, the animations, uh, I mean, I'll talk about that in a little bit when I get to character thoughts, so uh, I won't talk about the animations just yet. So enough about the options, let's move on to the meat and potatoes of this entire discussion. Let us talk about the gameplay. Okay, this is now we're ignoring all the options. We're ignoring training mode. We're ignoring all that stuff. We're just talking about gameplay. So, my first initial experience with the gameplay is I love it. I was having so much fun with the game. Like, I was enjoying the hell out of this game. Now, as you can see, I have listed down here, was it fun? How does it compare to Street Fighter V? How does it compare to Street Fighter Four, even three or two or whatever like this? One of the things that I'm gonna say is that um, the beautiful thing about Street Fighter is that every game is different, okay? Street Fighter Two is not Street Fighter Three. is not Street Fighter Alpha. is not Street Fighter Alpha 2, is not Street Fighter Alpha 3, is not Street Fighter 4, is not Street Fighter V. Street Fighter VI is such a unique experience and a very, very different game than all the other Street Fighters. And that's fine, and that's good. So again, the fact that the game is unique, and this is what I was hoping for, this is what I was hoping for, that they just had a vision and they decided to do something different rather than try to make a game that just is a response to the previous game's uh, gameplay. So Street Fighter V's gameplay is notorious for being a response to everything everybody hated about Street Fighter IV's gameplay. We hate invincible DPs. We don't want these invincible backdashes. We don't like the, you know, like a lot of things people complain about Street Fighter IV, they tried to fix in five, and then five ended up as like some sort of weird Frankenstein monster. And eventually, by season three, four, and especially in four, five, and then season six, or season four, season 4.5, and then season six, five, season four, season 4.5, and season five. Yes. <laughs> like, by then, the game had really taken on its own personality and had turned into something really, really cool. But at first, Street Fighter V was just kind of a monstrosity, you know? It was just, they didn't know what they were kind of doing. Street Fighter VI, it really feels like they were just like, you know what, we're going to do things differently. Like, we're going to do things differently. And so I even wrote out a big old thread talking about a lot of this stuff that I noticed in the game. For example, like, you know, in Street Fighter V, it was always that there was three-frame characters and four-frame characters. It really, really feels like that they were like, we don't want that anymore. Like, as far as I can tell, the magic number in Street Fighter V is going to be four. I did not find a single character that had a three-frame startup move. I didn't test supers. Supers are probably, some supers might be faster. But for the most part, what I noticed was that everything was at least four-frame startups in terms of moves, normals, specials, and even EX specials. Everything was at least four frames or slower. So the magic number is now four. What does this mean? If you're not in a frame data and you don't understand, when you looked at Street Fighter V, if your move was minus three, you were punishable by three frame buttons. And uh, keep in mind that uh, three then was the magic number for Street Fighter V. Same thing for Street Fighter IV. The magic number was three. 
the fastest move was three frames. So thus, the ma magic number was three. In Street Fighter IV, the magic number is four. And as Uzi says in the chat, the 10 additional characters we haven't seen yet could change things though. Exactly. Which is why I say, as far as I can tell so far, the fastest button is three. But if a character like Chun-Li does not have a three frame button, and she's supposed to be like Festy character, or Kimberly does not have a three frame button, she's supposed to be close range, fast button kind of character, I don't think it's going to exist, personally. Personally, I don't think it's going to exist. But th four frames is the fastest that we're going to get. Also, another thing too, what I really love about this is that in Street Fighter V, overheads were all universally punishable except for ones that were a certain length. Like a Buki uh, forward plus medium kick was slower than most overheads, so she was safe on block. Uh, almost every other overhead was universalized to be minus six. Almost every sweep in Street Fighter V was universalized to be extremely punishable. Uh, it seems like they really want to change that. Overheads seem to be minus three at worst now. Now, Guile has a target combo, which is low forward into overhead, which is minus five, but that's because it's not a raw overhead. But most overheads I saw were minus three. Jury had a minus two overhead. And uh, even Kim's run into overhead is minus three. So run into overhead is actually safe on block. So I feel like they wanted to open up overheads a little bit more as a true kind of high-low mix-up here. And then we'll talk about the drive rushes in a little bit. But drive rushes, remember, add plus four to all hit stun and block stun. You can turn your minus three overheads into plus one. So if you block an overhead, you're still a drive rush overhead. You're still in a mix-up. Drive rushes tend to be very, very strong in this game. More on that in a little bit. Um, uh, again, uh, I, I, I'm and then sweeps. Like I could use my sweep. I, I, I could use my sweep. Like I could sweep with Kim. Her sweep is amazing. It reaches super far. It's minus eight on block. But at if you range it right. People can't punish you. I could actually use my sweeps. Like, I never use sweeps in Street Fighter V except for V-Trigger activation because it's so easy to punish sweeps. Like, Lucia's, like, her sweep is like the kill me button. Like, please kill me now kind of button. And it was just nice to actually be able to use my sweeps again. You know, it's just, oh, man. Like, I, I was glad to have that back. And then throws... Throws have amazing range in this game. If you cross up someone and try to shimmy them by walking away, even if they delay by like five frames, they can still throw you after you've walked like five frames. Like throws have like some range in this game. And again, I'm all here for it, dude. I love having uh, throw ranges back a little bit. Like I think the throw ranges in, in, in four and five might've been a little too small. Uh, definitely feels a lot better uh, in this game. Um, drive, the drive meter, like, I love the drive meter. I love the entire drive system. It, drive impacts, definitely, I hate, but we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but I love the management of the drive gauge. I've always wanted to do this. And it's weird. I know they didn't steal these ideas from me because I told these ideas to Seth 
in early Street Fighter 4, before Street Fighter 4 was ever released. Uh, so I know they didn't steal it from me. Uh, but, you know, I, oh, I told Seth I want to make a fighting game where there's, like, really, really good resource management. Like, make one bar be able to do a million things so that we can really see how different players play and see if there's people who are just willing to spend things and then people who are super conservative and da-da-da-da. And you really be able to, you know, eke out the, the different play styles and mentalities from different people. I even suggested on FADCs, instead of doing focus dash, that you just hit forward forward to cancel. And sure enough, that's how drive rushes work. But again, like all of the stuff that they have in this game, I think is just, I love the fact that that meter is tied to your EXs, to the drive rushes, to the V reversals, or uh, I'm just sorry, alpha counters, maybe I should just call them for a generic term. Uh, I love that they're tied to the drive rush cancels, the drive impacts, like, and the whole thing is like, there was this burnout state and I was wondering like how the burnout state was gonna work. When I was first told of the burnout state, I was like, is this one of those mechanics that's just like never going to happen or is it just going to happen all the time? It's actually really well done. I'm surprised at how really well done it is. Like, yes, you can actually change what you're doing to achieve burning out your opponent if you're very cognizant of it. You can also change what you're doing like to uh, you can burn yourself out because you're just confident you're winning and you're just going to be able to survive in a burnout state. You know, it was just, and it changed the flow of the match a lot of times. I would go into burnout state, and then all of a sudden I had to play really defensive. And then once I got it back, then I could be aggressive again. And I love that it changed the state of the game from time to time. Which is what I really, really, really enjoyed. Yeah, it's also your guard gauge. Because you, when you block stuff, it also, you lose it. If you get hit, you lose some gauge. The parry mechanic makes it so that you gain it back if you actually parry things. It's really, really, really cool, honestly. Now, you know, Dash in the chat says they need to get rid of the plus four extra frame advantage. Uh, you're talking about on block, right? When you are in burnout state, right? So it doesn't make it so that there's plus four on hit. It's only plus, plus four on block. And yes, this means that there was a lot of times that if you were in burnout in the corner, if the opponent canceled fierce into drive impact, there's nothing you can do. You're blocking that, you're getting pushed against the wall, and life sucks. <laughs> it really, really kind of sucked. Um, but, but, however, uh, I, they, I don't know if I hate it because I feel like you need to be punished for going into burnout. The burnout lasts 20 seconds. And yeah, exactly. It's exactly where I'm going, King9999. Burnout is supposed to be bad. <laughs> they want you to have trouble when you're in burnout. Now, the one thing I will say... Okay, actually, uh, before I get there, let's just talk about all the different drive mechanics. I did not see a lot of people using drive reversals, the, the, the alpha counters, the V reversals, whatever you want to call them, the dead angles. Like, I did not see a lot of people using them. They seem really nice. They seem pretty good and effective. They definitely seem slow enough that there are some moves that you'll be able to block even if you do get drive reversal. Uh, I haven't tested it enough. I probably should test it more, but nobody used them at all. 
And uh, Gruff Gridoff in the chat says that, uh, uh, actually, no, Forrest says it, uh, was that parries weren't used, weren't that used as well. And that's something really important I'm going to get into. But drive impact, let's talk about drive impact. Well, let's talk about drive rush first because drive impact is going to be a long conversation. I really like the drive rush mechanic. I love the drive rush mechanic because it does give you the plus frames, right? So if you're willing to spend half of your drive meter for pressure, so like for example, my standing medium kick is not plus on block, right? Or my standing strong is not, my standing medium punch is not plus on block. Well, you can drive rush cancel your stand medium punch into another button and now turn it into something that is plus on block. And so for meter, you can apply the pressure. For casual players, it's gonna be very clear when the opponent is plus and when the opponent is minus for the most part. I think that's really, really, really cool. I like that. So David uh, Foff says, Allian suggests that perfect parry should be available in burnout to counter against drive impact. Uh, maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, 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 let's talk about this. Uh, I, uh, let's keep talking about this a little bit more. I'll get to that in a second. Um, I really like the way the drive rush mechanic works. I really, really like drive rush. Now, I had trouble doing drive rushes in actual matches. In training mode, it was easy. In actual matches, I couldn't do them at all. So unless they change it, just as an FYI to people, drive rush canceling is so specific and in fact is going to give a huge advantage to pad and hitbox players over joystick players. So in the heat of battle, uh, drive rush canceling is kind of difficult on a joystick because it has to be forward, forward, and that's it. Forward, neutral, forward. If you put in any single extra input in there at all in any way, shape, or form, you will not get a drive rush cancel. So if you hit forward and spring off the joystick and the joystick barely clicks back and then you hit forward again, you will not get a drive rush cancel. If you accidentally do forward, back, forward. If you do forward and then accidentally hit down forward, forward, like slide from down forward to forward ever so slightly, even for a frame, you will not get a drive rush cancel. Now, once I figured that out, I was able to do it way more consistently in battle because I was more cognizant of it. So I think that's fine. I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think now that I know what the cause is, it'll be a lot easier to do and I will be making far less mistakes. So is that something they need to fix? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Now, doing raw drive rushes from the ground is very tricky. A lot of people, including Maximilian, have pointed out that you can hit the first forward of a dash before you input the drive parry. So in order to do a raw drive rush, you parry, hold parry, and then double dash forward like a focus cancel. But you can actually hit forward and then... Uh, the buttons and then forward and then basically you will actually and in fact if you hit forward and then forward plus the two buttons at the same time you will actually register as a drive rush instead of uh, instead of a drive parry. So if you actually do it at the same time, it will be lenient enough that it will let you go for that it will give you the drive rush. Now if you're wrong and you mess up and you hit forward and then forward ever so slightly before you hit the buttons, you will drive rush and sit there like a dummy like I did million million times. <laughs> but the best way to do it so far is forward, 
buttons forward, or you can even do forward buttons forward. That's another easy way to do it. It will, it will probably give you a little bit of extra delay before you can drive Rush out of the parry, but there is an initial window already. If you look up Hatson's uh, Twitter, Hatson FGC, he has all the frame data, and when you do drive parry into Rush, I think it's like five frames before you can do that. So if you hit forward plus two buttons and then forward again, most likely you're not really being that much slower than the fastest speed that you can actually do. Um, yeah, forward parry forward seems like it might be a potential usable OS, but of course, one of the things that uh, we have to make sure that people understand is that the drive parry changes nothing on block. Your frame data is exactly the same. Once you block, you're stuck in that block stun. You cannot drive parry, block something, and then dash cancel it. When you block it, you are stuck. Now, the important thing is the only difference is you do not slide backwards. You stay exactly where you are. And this is the mechanic that I think is going to change everything and that not everybody was using enough of. Like, after playing the three days, I realized how many situations where the drive parry would be so much... Ouch! Sorry! God, that was loud. Uh, there was so many things... Oh, you could drive reversal out of parry. Right, because it's block stun. It's block stun. That's just basically what it is. There were so many situations I thought of where the drive parry is going to become really, really, really useful. For example, fighting against Jamie. Jamie had a lunge punch move that when you blocked it, you get knocked really far away and can't punish him even though he's negative. And so it was something that he could throw out once he got a couple of drinks in. And you'd see a lot of Jamie players do that. They would just throw it out there and there's like basically nothing you could do much, right? And... I thought about it, I was like, wait, why don't I just, like, if I predict it, I'm just going to try to parry it in neutral, right? <laughs> Marn tried to parry that, like, ten times versus Mike Ross and never got it. Interesting. But you can hold the parry, right? So you can hold the parry for a little bit. So here's the thing, right? So what a lot of people also have to remember is that there's also such thing as a perfect parry as well. So if I hit the parry button and get hit, Two frames, one to two frames after I activate the parry, I get a Street Fighter 3-esque parry in which my recovery is super fast and now I can blow you up for it. So yes, are there Street Fighter 3 parries in the game? Absolutely. Are they going to be useful? Uh, we'll see if people start to abuse them and get good. Just for uh, comparison's sake, Third strike parries, if I'm not mistaken, is a 13 frame window if you let the controller stay at neutral. I think if you tap forward and hold forward, it's shorter than that, but if you tap forward and let go, you have a 13 frame window. And parrying in third strike is not easy. Pretty difficult. Pretty difficult. But in uh, this game, it's two frames. So... This is really hard, and in fact, even if I programmed the computer to do the same thing and I knew exactly what they're going to do, it's really hard to perfect parry. Uh, Hatson said it was two frames, and again, Hatson did all of the testing for perfect parries. 
uh, for all the frame data of everything. So he said it was two frames from what he can tell. Not only that, but remember, there is input buffering in this game, right? And if you input buffer, you cannot perfect parry. So there's input buffer of five frames. So if you hit a button too early, five frames too early before a move recovers, it'll come out anyway. But if you buffer in a parry, it erases the ability to perfect parry at all. So in other words, if you buffer it early, that two-frame window counts during the input buffer, essentially, meaning you cannot get an, a perfect parry if you ever input out of that. Can you wake up perfect parry a meaty? Yes. Parries are frame one. Parries are frame one. But again, the timing is very, very difficult. Very, 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 very difficult. Uh, give me one second. Uh, okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, again, you could talk, you could say that all you want, David Foff. We should expect command grab characters to abuse, per, abuse perfect parries and parry enormously. You say that, but honestly, that's going to be very easy to take advantage of. Like, you are going to probably kill yourself if you spend your, uh, spend a lot of your game trying to hope for doing that. So, uh, yeah, throws with punish counters. One thing that I forgot to mention, if you actually notice, every time a throw is a punish counter, it changes the camera angle on the throw. If you do a throw and you actually see you just regular throw, it's a regular throw. If you ever punish counter anybody with a throw, the camera angle changes. And you'll actually get like a different speech. And that way you know you punished a throw with a throw and get better uh, frame data off of that, for example. And so Uzi says that throw punish counter does a lot of damage. I didn't check that, but I think that's really cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you just tap the parry, it just comes and goes. But it's basically the same thing as hitting back. That's the thing, right? A lot of people have to understand that even the regular parry, yes, the regular parry prevents you from having to know whether you want to do high or low or block left and right. But again, it opens you up to throw punishes and you are still stuck in block stun. It's going to be a very powerful tool and I don't think enough people are using it. So for example, if you felt like you had to react to a drive impact all the time, there is the possibility of you just trying to predict and not trying to react, and I never did this with the parry. Because here's the thing, drive impacts are minus three on block. They're not punishable, but if you parry a drive impact, you're right next to them, and you actually get a punish off of them. You could, I mean, you get a mix up on them. You block it, you're plus three, you're still next to them because they don't push you anywhere, and so now they're in a mix up for trying to drive impact you. If you're wrong about the parry, What's the punishment? They have the ability to walk up and throw you, perhaps? Sure, you're committing to force yourself to block a little bit, but that's good because we don't want it to be too powerful. But if you're wrong and they poke instead, you block. And you're in the same block stun. And if you're in the corner, it doesn't matter if you get pushed back or not, etc., etc. So I think what we're not doing is not using the parries enough. And I don't know if drive impacts need to be nerfed until we start getting better at using drive impacts. I think that was the reason why... We, well, keep in mind, parries are only scaled on perfect parries. Perfect parries scale all damage 
by 50% for a small window before it finally resets to full damage. And if they do a move that's long enough and it takes a really long time to recover, you can kind of wait out the scaling and still do full damage according to Hatson. I've seen some people say that that's not true, but we'll find out in the future. Uh, and yeah, per perfect pairing projectiles causes a different interaction entirely. In fact, if you perfect parry a, f a projectile, there's actually a longer recovery than if you perfect parry normals. Like I think they said if you perfect parry a projectile, you're stuck for 11 frames, so you just don't erase the existence of projectiles, basically. Um, but drive impacts. Let's talk about drive impacts. This is the elephant in the room. I hate drive impacts right now, but that's because I'm already bad at reaction. And so when drive parry, drive impacts come after me, I die. So what are drive impacts exactly? They're like automatic focus attacks, right? That have the ability to absorb two hits. If you can get three hits in time, which is very difficult because there's only 26 frames of startup on a drive impact. If you can get three hits out there, you can blow up a drive impact. However, it can absorb two hits. If it hits you as a punish counter, it gets a crumple and a free combo, right? So if it hits you regular, it just knocks you a screen away. Minus thir plus 35 for the guy who knocks you down. So double dash, if your dash is 18 frames, puts you at minus one. So a raw drive impact knockdown dash dash I think it's going to be minus one for most people. If they block it, you push them backwards a little bit, you're minus three and they're far away, so the frame data really doesn't matter. But as I said, if you parry it, at least then they'll be next to you at minus three and you will have a mix-up in your favor. The whole thing about drive impacts that's hard is that they do absorb moves. Now, when you get a move absorbed, you can cancel your move into a drive impact. So the whole idea is that whoever does a drive impact second always wins. So drive impact, drive impact. And when the guy does the counter drive impact, you do like super major mondo crazy counter hit. And then you get a big old full combo afterwards. And so if your opponent is using it just to absorb hits and try to hit you, if you stick to moves that are cancelable, you can try to react with a drive impact of your own on a move, cancel it, and then blow them up for their drive impact. However, there is no option select. I tried it. If you get your move absorbed, even though there's like the hit stop of the absorption, the cancel window does not change. So your standing button that's cancelable has a window, let, let's say, of like, five, like, like 10 frames of cancelability. Even on the absorb, it's still 10 frames. So you do not have the ability to option select every single time. That's fine. The biggest problem with drive impacts right now is the kind of reward they give you in the corner. If you block a drive impact in the corner and you get knocked back, you bounce off the wall, and you are actually stunned, and you can get comboed. If you are in burnout mode, and you block the drive impact, and you get pushed into the wall, you are literally put into a dizzy state that the opponent can get a neutral jump attack on you. So they can hit you with it, neutral jump, and combo you off of it. It's crazy. Like, you get hurt badly, and again, is this a terrible thing? Probably.
probably not because again, they want you to suffer in burnout. They want it to be hard to survive in burnout. So yes, if I do block string into drive impact, because when you're in burnout state, everything is plus four blocks done. There's a lot of characters that have heavy punch into drive impact. That's just a true block string. And there's nothing you can do about it. You get pushed into the corner and you die. So again, they want burnout to be bad. And here's the thing about it is, um, Jamie can drink and still neutral jump. That's crazy. But again, as Dubudomo says, it's 26 frames, right? We might get to the point where we start reacting to it really well. Like this is day minus 736 billion 489 uh, ABC, right? Like this is how far we're back. We're not used to this just yet. And there is a big, big paint splotch that shows up on the screen. As soon as frame one, they activate drive impact paint splotch on the screen. So, you know, there might be the ability for us to react. However, the only thing I will say is that I do think drive impacts give an advantage to pad players. I know Maximilian said this, and I said it as well, independently on my stream. As a joystick player, I play with my fingers like this. Drive impact is this. And so when you see someone drive impact you to react to that, I have to do this. And something in my brain tells me that this is actually too far for me to do on reaction. So my brain makes me block and I die to drive impacts all the time. I've even set this to be the drive impact uh, shortcut. But I don't have the reaction to hit anything with my pinky because I never use my pinky. And I don't have the reaction to do this anyway because it's the same as this. So honestly, this is a disadvantage for a hitbox and for joystick users is I really think the drive impact input being put over here is a problem. And for pad players, the drive impact is up here. So I can just play, drop it back, oh, squeeze a finger. And it's very, very easy to react. In fact, some people were saying that they could even tell that joystick players had a harder time dealing with drive impacts than uh, pad players. Like pad players were actually doing, doing really, really well against it. So uh, because it's just so easy to react. Now, again, day minus bazillion. We might just get used to it at some point in time. It took me forever to get used to uh, drift RCs in Strive because I never use this button ever. Uh, again, I never use, but I always use the default buttons. Even when I play Soul Calibur, I only play with four buttons, etc. When I played Radiant Silver Gun, I only used the three buttons. I didn't use the extra buttons. And so, uh, you know, after a few days, it might get easier. My suggestion, uh, Apollo Web says, I use a pad and I still can't react. <laughs> Getting old. Yeah, that, there's that too. There's that too. <laughs> but uh, in my opinion, so the reason why it wasn't a problem with V-triggers and stuff like that is that V-triggers you know. And for custom combos, reactions with V-isms in, in, in Alpha 3 and stuff like that, you kind of just had your fingers over the ones that you want to do. Now, that's the thing. I could counter drive impacts if I had my fingers floating over these two, waiting for the drive impact. 
And usually when I did the reversal drive impact, even expecting it, I swear to God, I did it on the 25th out of 26 frames, right? Which tells you that if I had to move my hand over, I would not get it out in time. The problem is if my hands are floating over here, I can't play footsies. I can't play footsies. So, it, dude, trust me, Forrest. I thought about just slapping my controller like crazy. So, uh, just like, bam! But then I ended up taunting. Because taunt is three punches plus three kicks. So I smacked all my buttons and I ended up taunting. Uh, but here's the thing. So, again, I, I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses is that this is the input. My suggestion to Street Fighter, Capcom, please listen to this. Please do this. Let Drive Impact also be... Medium punch and light kick. Let us drill claw our drive impact, please. Please. At Windy Man just literally put that in the chat. Let us put this in here as a drive impact command. And give us the option to make it either or both. Let us do either or both. Because I can see myself wanting to drive impact with the two heavy punches and heavy kicks when I'm doing other stuff, when I'm using it like in combos or when I'm using it offensively. But as a reaction, if my fingers are floating there and I can just go bap like this without moving my hand, I think I would actually drive... Negative edge is disableable in Street Fighter 6? I didn't know. <laughs> uh, again... Flatten my third finger, doesn't work, doesn't work, trust me, I don't have that muscle memory, I don't have that muscle memory, negative edge is off by default, I didn't turn it on, dude, that might explain some stuff, <laughs> that might explain some stuff, uh, uh, but again, I think if you just add that alternate for drive impact, just put that as an option. Again, you have a million things in, in the options. I think that would be really, really great. I think that would be really, really great. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, you can build the muscle memory. Like I said, the Roman cancel, drift Roman cancels. I've learned that really, really well. You can bind it to whatever you like. Uh, Thiago death but again where am I going to bind it to am I going to take away my light kick medium kick or heavy kick am I going to take any of this stuff away probably not right so if I bind it to uh, those buttons in the uh, side over there it's the same problem as before but like I said day bazillion I could just get used to it maybe moving my hand to drive impact over there won't be so hard to do these are all just suggestions though, but again, I don't think it necessarily has any negative sides of letting you drill claw it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, drive impact on the pinky is exactly what I set it to, never knows best, and it did absolutely nothing for me. Because <laughs> I don't use my pinky when I play fighting games. I don't have any muscle memory on my pinky. I don't use my pinky for, for fighting games at all. I've never used my pinky. Uh, MP plus MK does the drive parry. Does the drive parry. So no, you can't move it to that. Otherwise, obviously, that's what I would suggest it to be. 100%. 100%. But I've never used my pinky in fighting games. And so it's, it's, it's going to... Again, can I train myself? Absolutely. Is it going to be hard to erase 30 years of muscle memory? Probably. Probably. <laughs> 
Uh, dude, if I had the Mortal Kombat three run button, oh, dude, I had I had even joked about that on my stream, putting the Mortal Kombat three run button for drive impacts. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but again, uh, yeah, I know you're not erasing that much muscle memory. I'm exaggerating, but still. Uh, but again, uh, it's, it's something that I could get used to eventually. Sure. And then uh, one of the things that's also difficult, too, is that I just wasn't thinking about drive impact half the time because I just keep forgetting it's in the game. I barely used it myself. I got stuck in the corner and had trouble fighting out of the corner because I just wasn't thinking about how to play it properly. You know, like there's I just wasn't using it. So definitely there's a lot of things that you can change. Right. There's definitely a lot of things that you could change. So, um, well, drive parry is the middle buttons and then uh, the other ones are what was what was focus attack in Street Fighter four focus attack was heavy. It was, end, it was heavy punch and heavy kick, or was it medium punch and medium kick? Shit, I forgot. It was medium punch and medium kick. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's right. The two heavies was taunt. The two heavies was taunt. That's what it was. Okay. God, it's been that long since I played it. Yeah, but again, some people can adapt to the new systems really, 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 really fast. Yeah, it's crazy, uh, Crudurf, how fast people can adapt to new systems. Absolutely. So... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I can react to throws in Street Fighter 6 because my fingers are there really well, but it's hard for me to react to the drive parries. But again, it's just one of those things that, you know, time will tell. And like I said, parries are going to work really well against drive impacts because the drive impact from this range over here could bounce you into the wall and kill you. At this range, if you commit a few frames to drive parry, might not be so bad, right? And so if you just try to fish for drive impacts by parrying over here, and then if the opponent pokes, you block, don't get pushed anywhere, but you know what? You're fine. And it's going to be hard for them to walk up and throw counter you from that far away. So I think that one of the things that's going to counter drive impacts a lot is drive parries. This is something that I think we're going to have to learn. <laughs> Uh, in the game, and if we learn this, and nobody was using parries, nobody was using parries or alpha counters, uh, like Exilion says, uh, nobody was using any of those things. So uh, I really do think that at some point in time, once we start getting used to parries and how they work, they will actually fight drive impacts pretty decently, and the effectiveness of drive impacts will go down. However, on top of all of this stuff here, I am still worried about drive impacts. I am still worried about drive impacts. Why? Because they also remind me a lot of reversal edges in Soul Calibur 6. Yes, were reversal edges baitable and uh, be could you beat them up? Yeah, there was drive there was a uh, reversal edge safe strings that you could kind of dodge them and punish them in time, but they were unblockable when the game first came out, especially after they absorbed something, they automatically became unblockable. <laughs> and so they were a problem. Yeah, one of the things that made them even worse was that they were, they put you in that stupid RPS mini game thing that a lot of people hated, 
But they were also just annoying because they were very abusable at low levels and people were not very good at dealing with reversal edges. And the hardest part about that was that, yes, were there a lot of ways to blow up reversal edges? Yes. However, at the lowest levels, these players are not going to figure out how to get around them very quickly. And reversal edges made a lot of people quit the game very, very early. When you are in burnout state, you have access to nothing that the drive meter has. You do not have EX moves. You do not have parries. You cannot counter a drive impact with your own drive impact. You cannot drive rush. You cannot do pretty much anything. <laughs> When you are in burnout state, except for supers, except for supers. And so again, the thing that worries me is that drive impact has the ability to turn off a lot, a lot, a lot of beginners, I think, in this game. That is my main concern about drive impact, because even as a player like myself, I was getting so angry <laughs> you can still throw them you can still throw them for sure but like i said heavy punch into it what do you do absorb if they absorb your normal what do you do but again burnout state's supposed to suck whatever let's not worry about burnout state burnout state might actually be like i felt like towards the end people were really good at fighting in burnout state and that actually kind of felt wrong to me like i feel like burnout state is supposed to suck because, again, it should be part of the strategy trying to put someone into burnout state. And it should be worth it spending a lot of your resources to do that. In any case, I'm worried that Drive Impact could have a heavy, heavy effect on the beginner crowd of this game. Because what's going to happen is that beginners are going to learn very quickly that Drive Impacts are very strong. And their people are going to be spamming Drive Impacts. And everyone's going to be blocking in the corner and dying. And everybody's going to get mad. And yes, you just react to a Drive Impact with a Drive Impact. And you get to murder it. So that's a little bit better than Reversal Edges. But again, I'm not sure. Like, I really need to see how that mechanic plays out with two very beginner players so like for example if you guys in the chat if you guys were playing in uh on ranked and you guys were iron or rookie or bronze did it feel like everybody was just throwing out drive impacts and nobody was stopping anything right or was it that because it's one button you were actually getting pretty good at stopping it uh you know easily i, I don't know i really want to know uh, how it works, right? And, you know, that's the thing. Birds of Revenge says, if you're new and you can't counter DI, you can't play this game. It's very true. And so there is a little bit of this, like, get good mentality with that. But, uh, again, I don't think that's the right way to approach it. <laughs> I don't think that's the right way to approach it, right? We, again, people don't want fighting games to cater to scrubs. I get it. I know. I know, but we do want people to play these games, okay? Like, it's funny to me that people are like, what? We shouldn't bother catering to scrubs. Like, why do we even bother with this? Da, 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 da. And then everyone, and then those same people are like, why isn't the prize money at out of our tournaments any good? Why aren't we actually giving out more money than this? And it's like, you, dude, you can't have both, man. 
You can't have both. <laughs> like, let's let's try to be logical here, okay? You can't have both. Um, so I'm, there is a tutorial for DI counters. There's a DI counter literally in training mode. You can turn on things to practice. You can actually turn on things to practice, and one of them is the DI counter. Now, for a person like me, it doesn't make a difference because it's happening eventually, and I get to keep my fingers floating over heavy punch and heady kick the whole time. So, of course, I'm going to counter it every single time. But, you know, for good people, for beginners, it'll help them a lot just to even kind of understand that that's a thing to do, right? And... Again, as Necromancy Black says, beginners don't really use tutorials. There will probably be a big section on it in world tour mode, which is what I'm hoping for, uh, so that it does force people to do that. Oh, dude, people at a high level were getting murdered by DIs, dude. They were getting murdered by DIs, dude. I got murdered by DIs really badly, dude. Like, I was getting I was getting to the point where I could... The same thing that I've done in a lot of other fighting games. When I saw the drive impact, I could scream about the drive impact before it hit me. <laughs> like, I would see it and go, No, drive impact! And why don't I use the reaction of me yelling, No, to actually drive impact? I did it. It's just my hands won't listen to my brain, basically. Um, so, uh, yeah, exactly. Vast majority of people who don't play fighting games still think we're button mashers. Uh, again, uh, that's kind of the worry. Now, here's the other problem with drive impacts. Let's, they're 26 frames right now, right? Probably tuned to a lot of the testers who are playing the game who have gotten good at the game, just like the UI. They're probably good at countering it because they've been playing the game for a lot longer than we have, right? Let's say we do decide to slow the drive impacts down to 32 frames. Let's say we decide to slow it down to 34 frames, 35 frames, whatever. Try to give it so that people have more time to react. There is very much a possibility that drive impacts will then become completely useless. And this is the hardest thing about this mechanic. This is the most difficult thing about this mechanic. And it is really hard to balance to make them good. One of the things that might be important, like, maybe if you bounce someone against the wall, if their meter, like, one of my suggestions, one of my ideas is that instead of giving you a free combo for bouncing you off the wall, if you block a drive impact in the corner, if you block the drive impact in the corner, keep the animation... And then while you're bouncing and recovering, you can't do anything but block and you lose like two or three blocks of your drive gauge. Like punish you really badly that way. And then that way, if you have at least some drive gauge, you can try to fight your way out. If it puts you in the burnout state, you have to block it one more time to die, etc., etc. I think that might actually work decently. <laughs> that might work. It's an idea. And again, I'm sure Capcom is so willing to look into it. And yeah, that's another thing that Never Knows Best says in the chat. You can wall bounce someone from surprisingly far. And that's one of the tough things about it is when you block it, you get pushed hella far. Hella far. Uh, make DIs minus one on block and less pushback so they become a solution to bl breaking block mid-screen. Again, Necromancy Black, 
I don't want to do that just yet because I think parries are going to change that. I think parries will make it so that you uh, can fight it a little bit easier. In any case, there's a lot of ways to look at it. There's a lot of ways to look at this game and a lot of ways to make it work. And uh, getting a free combo off of blocking a drive impact in the corner might not be the right answer right now. Um, but again, time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, dude, I was still surprised Astrak Logic even on day three. Like, sometimes I'd be like, I'm going to block this. I'm sure I'm safe. And then I hit the wall. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, it, it still happened a lot. <laughs> yes, pairing a DI only gives you plus three. I kind of was thinking make it plus four so you can punish it. But then, like, ah, being plus three so you have absolute control because the thing is remember the magic number of this game is four now so once you actually are plus three and you go for a throw which is also five frames like you can't get away from that right unless you're holding up on the controller and every character can go for a throw and then still anti-air you when you neutral jump right or if you actually uh uh tech the throw then you're shimmyable like being minus three sucks dude <laughs> being my so like uh uh kimberly has her little elbow charge move that when she hits you she's plus three i think and then i threw after that every time it was such a good mix-up the only way i lot i took damage is if the opponent ever did an ex move but like other than that like there was no way to stop me from trying to throw outside of ex move so literally, I think if you're in burnout state and I hit you with Kim's elbow, like the throw is all but guaranteed outside of a throw tech. Like that's how crazy powerful it is to be next to somebody and being plus like that. It's really scary. So drive rush buttons is terrifying in this game. And again, there's a lot of things that I think we could probably do to mitigate a lot of this. And it'll be really interesting because like what happens if you parry a drive rush move? Are they Do they still get all those plus frames or do you actually... Uh, do you actually reduce it to the regular frame data? I'm not sure, but I was fighting a lot. I, I was like, for example, I fought Nephew, and Nephew was getting really good. So when you do a drive rush, you flash green, right? And it takes you a few frames to get in there. So in neutral, I would try to do drive rush high or low, and every time I did drive rush, Nephew would react with a drive impact and murder me. <laughs> or a lot of people would just hit a button, as soon as they saw the green, they would just hit a button. I would run into it. And so there are definitely ways to stop that mix-up. So not necessarily, like, you literally have to be asleep at the wheel to let someone get that mix-up. Unless they're canceling out of it, a normal into it. But again, drive rush empty is one bar, one block of six of your drive bar. Canceling out of it is three blocks out of six. And it's really expensive. So if you're going to spend all that meter to get that plus frame mix up to reward you with almost a guaranteed throw, like, go for it, dude. Use three of your bars to throw me. <laughs> like, go for it, dude. Go for it. Cool. You know, if you have no life and you're going to die by the throw, 
play better the rest of the round you know like honestly like that's kind of the same kind of idea right so it's not green paint you literally grow glow green like you're the green lantern basically uh but that's kind of uh the way to go honestly like i think a lot of the mechanics are going to cancel each other out and i think that that's actually going to be really really important in this game I think it's going to be really a drive rush SPD from Zangief is going to be terrifying. Okay, let's we'll just get that out of the way uh, first and foremost. I think that's going to be really scary. But there's a I, we have a lot to learn about this game. It's going to be a long way to go, and like I said, it's very easy to turn drive impacts into complete uselessness if we nerf it any more than it is right now. There's probably going to, maybe instead of 26, make it 28 frames or something like that. You know, maybe that's a little bit better. Uh, I heard 14 frames is the average human fastest reaction. So if you made it 28, you make it two times longer than that or something like that. So uh, a lot of top players did talk about the drive impact. But again, a lot of players are all top players also know that eventually drive impacts are probably aren't going to be a problem. Again, my main concern is drive impacts and how they affect beginners playing the game. That's one of the things I'm mostly worried about, honestly. Uh, make the armor start on frame three. That's an interesting one, body boy. But I don't think that's going to change a lot of it, to be honest with you. Most people weren't absorbing on the first frame. Most people were definitely absorbing much later, uh, to be fair. So... A meter burn back to an injustice too. That's right. That's right. I forgot about those as well. Yeah. So a lot of see again. This mechanic has been tried in a lot of fighting games, and a lot of fighting games they always end up being kind of scary or useless, right? Like reversal edges. Perfect example in Soul Calibur Six. They put reversal edges in there. Everyone hated it. So many people I know that I've talked to literally have told me that they've quit Soul Calibur Six because of reversal edges. They've nerfed reversal edges a lot to the point where they aren't even unblockable anymore at the highest at level. Like if you charge them all the way, they're not even unblockable anymore. However, they're kind of useless now. Like they're very, very specific situations to use them. But for the most part, people don't really use them anymore. And so um, that's always the threat, right? That's always the threat. Do we nerf this mechanic? into the ground for the sake of not having it be a make you quit mechanic. So um it's a tough it's a tough way it's, it's a tough thing to handle. Again, are should we cater the game to worry about what scrubs do even if reversal uh, drive impacts as they are don't become too powerful at the highest levels? We want people to play the game. It's just, it, it, it literally just is something we want people to play, right? And yeah, beginners and casuals can definitely just play world tour, but that's not the point, right? We want people to play the game, right? You know, uh, at a casual level, like I said, I need to see casuals play the game. I need to see how it looks. Like when the game comes out, it'll be very pertinent to play a beginner tournament kind of thing and see how drive impacts affect players and stuff and seeing if they can get used to it and such. 
but I'm really curious to see how it's going to go. I mean, you think that, Windy Man, but uh, you'd be surprised. Like, people, <laughs> even beginners, like, the first thing they practice is that one cool combo they want to land. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh... So, outside of Scrub Buster mechanics, is there even much to convert players from casual mashers to invested players? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, having good one-player content is important. Having that battle hub environment, I think, is important. You know, being able to win money to be able to get clothes and stuff like that. As long as you keep people invested in the game, that is how you get them from casual mashers to invested players. The biggest problem with all fighting games these days is that there's literally nothing else to do but play ranked. <laughs> and it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> right? And it's just, it's so annoying, dude. Oh yeah, they better keep the ability to make horrifying avatars. Like, they better keep that ability, so... Uh, when you don't know combos, I think it's a good... So, I just feel like DI would be super fun when I was a scrub. When you don't know combos, I think it's a good thing to have something so visually and viscerally impactful to execute with ease. I honestly think that DI versus DI can be a very fun meta for beginners or even button mashers. Yeah, I agree too. See, that's the thing. That's why like, I'm loath to say that I think it is going to turn people off of the game. Like I said, my biggest worry is that it feels like a reversal edge. It feels like reversal edge, and I know a lot of people did not like reversal edge. But also at the super beginner level, like reversal edges didn't have an easy counter. Reversal edges were countered by sidestepping and they weren't super obvious when they started up, right? That was another thing too. They weren't visually very obvious that the reversal edge was coming out. There's a lot more visually obvious about the DIs and there's an easy answer to DIs, which is just a DI back. So even at the lowest levels, People aren't going to understand getting someone trapped into the mental stack that they're not ready for the DI so that you get them not thinking about the DI and then here comes the DI out of nowhere. You know, like players aren't going to be able to play at that level like that. And so DIs might not actually be that broken. And in fact, they might make you feel good when you DI a DI. Like when you DI a DI, that shit feels good. Like, that shit feels good when you DI a DI. You're like, get out of here, sucker! <laughs> you know? And, like, you get this big old combo or whatever afterwards, but it already feels awesome that you did that. So there is the potential that DI might not be a scrub-busting tool, but actually uh, a thing that makes people want to play more. It definitely feels good. So I think that's really... Uh, Again, it's it's so hard to say whether this is going to be a scrub-busting mechanic or a scrub-attracting mechanic. Honestly, yeah, it gives you that rush, as Zani D says in the chat. Like, honestly, it's really hard to tell how people are going to react to this. And I'm really curious to see how that is going to go. And again, I really want to know... If you guys on YouTube are watching this and you got into the beta or anybody in the chat right now, you know, if you were a player who was new to fighting games and you were playing ranked and were kind of in the iron bronze, you know, rookie area, or even when you played in, uh, you know, uh, battle hub matches against other people who weren't that good, like, did you guys feel like 
Did you see any instances or have experienced any instances of someone just DIing you all over the place and it was really hard to counter? I'm really, really curious to see it's how it's going to go. Also, another thing too is that, as I said, DIs are very easy on a pad. DIs are very pad friendly because you just do that and you're DIing, right? And so I think people are going to be able to react with DIs a lot easier on a pad. And I'm guaranteeing you right now, most beginners playing this game are going to be using a pad. Like almost everyone who's going to be playing this game on a PlayStation 5 who is new to the game is not going to be using a joystick, is not going to be using a hitbox, is not going to be using a guitar controller, is not going to be using the body pillow controller either. So they're mostly going to be using a pad. And if DIs are super pad friendly, then maybe it's not actually a problem to beginners because they have it so easy just to be able to hit the button like this, right? Yeah, Necromancy Black says Rage Arts in lower levels and Tekken 7 are super easy to bait out even though they had armor, you know, kind of things like that, you know. So again, it's really curious. I'm really curious to see how it's going to go. It's not an easy answer, despite the fact that I hated getting hit by DIs and I got hit by DIs all the time. The players that, were, yeah, you can throw DIs, as Dash1985 says in the chat as well, and throws have great range, so you can react with a throw to try to stop the DIs. But the people who were DIing me were like Nephew, Graham Wolf, like freaking LPN, like these guys were DIing me all over the place because they're good at distracting you from mental stack and they know what you're kind of looking for, and so, you know, like... Am I going to be mad that they DI'd me or I probably would have lost to dash forward attack as well, right? Like I would have had just as much trouble fighting any of anybody who dashed forward and attacked me, right? Like I have that problem in Street Fighter V right now. People dash it, can run throw. I die to that as well, right? So again, like at the high levels, these people are going to be really, really, really good with uh with finding the opportunities to throw it in there when you're not ready and uh the one round the one game that i did take off of gram wolf was because i finally reacted to a di with the di and i got a huge chunk of damage off of that so again it's still a risk every time you throw it out there because if i do react properly you die <laughs> you die really badly and so again like it's worse than a jump in, right? Like it, it has to be faster than a jump in. Cause if I DP you out of the air when you did a jump in, like you lose this much health. If I D I counter DI you when you DI, like you die. <laughs> you DIE is what you is. I turn your DI into a DIE, dude. Like seriously. Uh I hope SPD doesn't get Oki, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So um there's a lot of ways to fight DIs. And so we're, it's too early to say. An open beta will be very, 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 very telling uh, once we get to an open beta. Uh, but uh, that's, I mean, I, look, I can talk about the, the, the concepts of drive impacts forever. Going to go ahead and call it quits on the drive impact. Look, I am just really happy with the game right now. Blockstun pushes people farther away now. So, okay. Uh, there's definitely some very famous loud people out there right now complaining about the lack of hit confirms, etc., etc. The thing is, it's it's again, this game's not Street Fighter 4. It's not Street Fighter 5. Like, 
not having moves plus on block. And again, Kim has one, two, heavy kick and crouching medium kick are plus on block. Those buttons are not cancelable. Guess what? So they're drive impactable, right? So that's kind of, I think, how they're balancing it. If you can cancel the move, then it's going to be minus. If you can't cancel the move, then it can be plus. Has the potential to be plus. However, uh, there is a lot of lack of plus frames on normals and stuff like that. I don't think it matters. I don't think it's a problem. Uh, Automatic famously tweeted out that, you know, if you want a frame trap, that's jab, jab, jab. And again... This is not Street Fighter V. In Street Fighter V, most characters, if you hit with two lights, you're so far away that you can't do anything anymore, right? So if you do low light punch into chain into low light punch, it's a true frame trap. And if anybody tries to do anything in between, they get hit, and you still have plenty of time to confirm what two more, you know, another light into something. So you can go jab block, jab hit, jab hit into something and punish them for doing, uh, for trying to bust out of uh, minus frames and stuff. Now, is it a problem if you block mediums? Because obviously you don't get the frame trap. Sure. But again, like I said, the pushback distance is a lot farther in this game. And you're not fighting at this range anymore. That's the thing. You're not fighting at this range anymore. When I played Street Fighter VI, I felt like I was fighting at this range more often than this range. And it was... <clears throat> I'm going to try to state this in as, uh, in as eloquently as possible. But we were fighting at this range more often, and it was fucking glorious, dude. It was so good. I was so happy to be able to play Street Fighter at this range again and have most of the game playing at this range instead of this range. Street Fighter V is all about this range. Street Fighter VI is all about this range. So sure, my standing medium kick was minus on block with Kimberly, but when I blocked it, you were this far away. It didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Now, some moves are stupid. <laughs> jury. Oh, God, jury. Uh, but... Which button was that for Jury? That stupid lunging kick? Was that heavy kick or was that heavy punch? Because that move was bullshit, dude. Standing heavy kick? Okay, that move was bullshit. All right. Now, obviously, if they threw it out a lot, I could probably have DI'd it more. And like I said, I just wasn't thinking about using DI's very often. Dude, Jury and Ken's crouching medium kick and Ryu's crouching. Dude, I'm so used to fighting stubblicious Ryu and Ken crouching medium kicks these days that every time they hit me, I was like, wait, Dalsum's in the game already? <laughs> you know? Dude, Tiny Tanks just made the same joke. You know, uh, dude, it was crazy, dude. Like, the ranges. Oh, so good. Oh, thank you for the ranges again. Thank you for the ranges again. Oh, my God. I was so happy about that. Now, I am mad about a few things. I'm mad that the DPs are just as lenient as they were in 5. But I, I was playing Kimberly. I didn't have a DP. My anti-air was spin kick. And you can ask everybody. I was anti-airing people way more with Kimberly because it was a spin kick and not a DP. It was kind of crazy. But that might be a good reason for me to keep playing Kimberly just so I have an anti-air quarter circle back instead of a DP motion. Um... But 
somebody asked me in the chat earlier. I, I don't. I don't even know if he's still here because it was like almost an hour ago. They asked, "Is this a heart game or a mind game?" And uh, what I love about the way that this game feels like it's being created right now. So again, for those people who aren't familiar with this, who don't understand what I'm talking about, there's a concept out there created by Laugh from Korea about heart game, uh, heart, mind, and body players. Heart players are the ones that just play by feel and like this is what I feel like is going to happen. And they're, they're about decision making based off of feel. Mind players are the ones that lab all the situations and they know that in this situation, I am minus this. These are my options. This is what I should try to do. And then there's the body players who are like, watch my sick ass combo. <laughs> and um, Street Fighter 4 was a game that was more heart-based but had a lot of mind in there. It's where the frame data stuff started becoming a little bit more prominent, but due to lack of input buffering and a lot of invincible DPs and stuff like that, it was definitely leaned far more heart than it was mind. Street Fighter V, however, is such a mind game because you have to respect frame data in that game. So that game was about studying uh, situations less about playing based off of feel. In fact, if you played based off of feel in Street Fighter V, oftentimes you would get murdered a lot easier than if you played uh, that, you know, if you were a heart player. It's easy to murder yourself in Street Fighter V playing by feel because it's kind of the wrong way to go. It's why there are so many players out there who literally despise Street Fighter V because, especially old school players, because old games catered towards heart players because we had no training mode. We had no internet for frame data. So you play a game like Vampire Savior, Super Turbo, Third Strike, these games, they were catered towards heart players, right? And that's how it is. And so when you played Street Fighter V, you're like, this game sucks. I can't just play how I feel because if Karen does crouching medium punch on you, can I uppercut afterwards if I really want to disrespect your button? No, I die. Because <laughs> you literally can't do anything if you don't have an EX, etc., etc. Street Fighter V is a very strong mind game. And so the question is, what is Street Fighter VI? And I really feel like they've done a good job kind of mixing between the two because the mind players are going to be like, okay, drive rushes add plus four so that on block it's this and da 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 da. And the heart players are going to go, green flashy thing, danger, danger. Like, <laughs> that's kind of why I like the drive rush mechanic. That's kind of why, why I like the drive rush mechanic because as soon as you see green flashy thing, your heart's going to tell you be careful. But it has nothing to, you don't have to worry about frame data. You don't have to worry about the numbers as much, you know. You do have the option for perfect parry. Drive impacts are frame one armor absorbed. So you can disrespect frame data if you really, really want to. Um... Street Fighter 6 is a lot of fast reaction, but I think that's a lot on DIs because to be honest with you, I think Street Fighter 5 is the most reaction heavy Street Fighter game of all time. Honestly, I I think Street Fighter 5 is just like did he dash? Did he did he do this? Did I hit with my 16 frame window cancelable normal move that I can confirm on hit by looking at the stun meter? <laughs> Like, Street Fighter V is, like, the most 
reaction heavy game I feel like I've ever played. So <laughs> jury dashes. Oh God, let's not talk about jury dashes. Uh, never knows best. <laughs> God, holy crap. Uh, but yeah, um, I really do feel like Street Fighter V was a much more reaction friendly game than uh, than uh, than Street Fighter Six is. Time will tell. Obviously, again, day minus a billion, and we don't know. But I really do feel like Street Fighter Six has a very interesting balance between the two. I don't know yet. I can't answer the question. But if you obviously look, everybody likes talking about things like they can evaluate it instantly and know everything. My response to Street Fighter Six so far is. Even people in the chat said, I look more, way more comfortable with the game than I've ever looked in Street Fighter V. Already the game feels more like what I want to do in Street Fighter as an old school player. So I can already tell you that the game is way more heart friendly than, uh, than, than Street Fighter V. I can already tell you that because of the range is far and like I felt like I just tried things because and like that's kind of how it was in older games like in Street Fighter 6 like it's hard just to try things just because and if you did have a move that let you try things just because it was literally OP like an EX Zonk Knuckle right like EX Zonk Knuckle was just way too good so again I like the way this game plays. I'm glad the game plays at this distance a lot more. The game is not about here. So if you're mad about not having plus frames on normals, don't do those normals at that range. Throw out the light punches instead. Or find your move that is plus. Like So with uh, Kim, like I said, her crouching medium kick was plus one, weirdly enough. So I definitely frame trapped a lot of people by doing cross-up crouching medium kick. And it looks slow as hell and people are hitting buttons and I hit them afterwards. Again, that's part of the mind aspect of Street Fighter V. You're going to have to learn that Kim's crouching medium kick is plus one. But again, those are moves that cannot be buffered, and thus they're very DIable. And so that's where that kind of risk comes from, right? So a lot of my powerful moves in terms of, you know, DIing, d drive rushing in and poking were crouching medium kick and my overhead kick. And both of those are DIable, right? So again, all these mechanics are the way that they're designing the game, a lot of things are really kind of balancing out. So uh Birds of Revenge as Chun standing medium punch is plus one. You just kinda had to know, right? You just have to know. Uh, right, and so Rice Eater in the chat even says, I didn't at first, but now actually love that normals are not plus anymore. And again, like I said, it's a different game. Don't hold Street Fighter Six to the past, okay? Don't hold it to the past. Again, when I played somebody who was a third strike player in Street Fighter 4, they were like, I can't believe you don't jump at me. They just wanted to do Balrog headbutt in the super and they would kill all the other third strike players because they, every, third strike players are used to jumping because they have a backup parry, right? You jump a lot more in third strike than you do in other games. And then I played Street Fighter 4 and this person expected me to jump and I never jumped and they were like, you never jump! And that's because I come from Street Fighter 2. And again, every game is different. Do not hold Street Fighter VI to old games. Figure out, just because in older games, frame-trappable 
sequences, frame trapping sequences were hit confirms for you. Strong into strong, strong into strong, strong into strong. Just because that worked in four and also worked in five doesn't mean it has to work in any other game, right? Like it, it just, we don't have to be playing fighting games that way. We don't have to play Street Fighter that way. The beautiful thing about Street Fighter is that every game is very different. And that's just one of the things that we have to learn. We just have to understand that. And I think that that's really, 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 really important, uh, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, I don't even know if Oshige is still on this game. Uh, I have no idea if Oshige is still working on it, to be honest with you. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if he is, good, good. They've definitely learned a lot from Street Fighter V, but they're not trying to do anti-Street Fighter V like Street Fighter V was anti-Street Fighter IV in the first year. It just seems like that they're just kind of making up their own things in this game. And again, making overheads safe on block, for example, sounds like, what are you doing? But also, they're very DIable, and so they want you to use overheads more. And then overheads are comboable out of a lot of the times, and then they're very blow-upable by all these different things. Like, I got killed by Nephew because he would knock me a screen away, but then DI in on my wake-up with an overhead or a low, and I got blown up by that all the time. Like, why aren't I just waking up with a parry? Because if I wake up with a parry, I don't have to worry about high-low. Remember, parries ignore high-lows and they ignore cross-up. They put you in a universal blocking state. But that means he can DI in and throw me. But again, this is what I mean. Parries were not used a lot, right? Like, I could wake up with a DI myself to blow up their drive rush meaty. But then he could do cancel low forward into a drive rush and blow me up, right? So if I just do a parry, I don't have to worry about the high low. I stay next to him, unfortunately, so I still have to deal with the plus frames. But still, now I don't have to worry about the high low. And parries are one frame. And I might as well try to perfect parry timing it. And if I'm wrong, what happens? I block. Whatever, right? Like, there's so many ways to deal with things that we aren't utilizing yet. And so I'm really curious to see how the game is going to look at the highest levels. And I'm really excited about it. And that's one of the good things about the gameplay right now is that I really, really feel like that uh, this game has so much potential right now for individuality. And for decision making, that's one of the things that I love about the drive gauge is that it really, really makes you think about what you want to do and how you want to do it. And I think that's really, really cool. No, if you get thrown out of a parry, that is throw punish. I don't think you can tech. I think you're done because otherwise you would parry and mash throws all day. And that's really too good. Throw punish is just absolute on the parries, and I think that's fair. That's a great way to balance it, honestly. If you could tech, I think that would have been awful. Um, <laughs> and yeah, level one supers have invincibility on wake up. Use that. Use that. Like, I just wasn't even thinking about it half the time. If someone didn't have a, even when they did have a level three, I wasn't thinking about it. But level ones have invincibility now. You can use them to bust out of things even when you are in a burnout state. Level 1 supers are going to be very valuable again. They're going to have a lot of purpose. And I think that's really, really, really important. 
uh, honestly. Do you think a noob can beat a pro online like in Street Fighter V? That wasn't possible in Street Fighter V, Super Shinobi. That wasn't possible in Street Fighter V uh, at all. Like, noobs can't beat pros uh, online. Uh, but it's gonna, it's not gonna happen in this game either, so. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very, very, uh, I, 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 I like what they've done so far. And again, the neutral felt great. I, I, the neutral felt great. I was so happy playing the neutral in that game. And keep in mind, my character has stubby limbs. Kim's level one has no invincibility. I, didn't I thought I tested it out? Yeah, I did test it out. I was beating. I was trying to make Ken low forward me, and I would go through it all the time. So I think it still has some invincibility. It might not have as much as some other characters, but it definitely had some invincibility. Yeah. So holding parry is the same as blocking frame data wise. Basically, uh, if you parry the di, like I said, you're minus. Th you're plus three. If you parry a di, you are plus three. Because DIs push you far away, they're minus three uh, after they make you block, but it's so far away it doesn't matter. But if you parry it, you're still next to them, and so you have to deal with the mix-up. So again, drive parry is going to be a very practical way to fight drive impact. It'll almost always give you a guaranteed throw afterwards, if anything, that the only thing the opponent can do is throw tech or EX you, right? And again... Then that opens up for Shimmy into dead, as we've seen in a lot of videos with Ryu doing 60% damage, or that will also open up to blocking the EX into punish counter dead. So again, being minus three next to someone is terrifying. But again, yeah, that's terrifying. And so is it Street Fighter V all over again? Again, it's hard to be plus next to somebody to do stuff like that without spending three blocks of your drive gauge off of a drive rush, which means after you do punish them for whiffing a throw or whatever, you have less, you have three blocks or less to play with to murder the opponent after you put yourself in that block situation. You've already spent so much of your drive gauge to put yourself into Street Fighter V plus frame scariness. And like I said, if you do that, fucking take the throw. If you can live, just take the goddamn throw. If they're going to throw you after a drive rush plus button by drive canceling into your face, take the throw. If they do raw drive rush into you, that's because you were asleep at the wheel. I played again. I just spit on a napkin. If you are uh, sitting there long enough that they can just raw drive rush into you, like I said, I played against a lot of strong players that basically as soon as they saw a green flash, they could stop me from dashing in and doing something right away. So again, uh, uh, throws are reactable, you say, Professor Maven? In what situation? Uh, explain to me because I don't I don't believe throws are reactable in this game. I think they're the same as they are in Street Fighter Five. So it's it's teching them is a is a prediction. Teching them is a prediction, just like in Street Fighter Five. Yeah, the frame data in game does show invincibility frames. Yes, it does, and it also shows like if they're only throw invul or projectile invul and stuff like that. So, uh, is the throw tech window a little bit longer? 
Okay, they might be a little bit longer. The throw tech window might be a little bit longer. So if that's the case, then yeah, maybe they are a little bit more reactable. And that's fair too, because like I said, throw ranges are bigger in this game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, if you're wrong, you die. <laughs> if you're wrong, you die, basically. And so that's huge. That's huge in my opinion. Um, but I've gushed enough, gushed enough about... Uh, gameplay. Let's move on to the next topic here. I know this is what everybody was waiting for. Let's make a tier list. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not going to make a tier list. I'll tell you who I thought was the strongest character. I'm not making a tier list, okay? Um, but I'll tell you what I thought of all the characters. Now, I thought Ryu was really strong. I thought Ryu was really good, and Ryu has fun shit again. Like, someone put it on Twitter that when Ryu actually has cool shit, you know you're in for a good time. You know the game is in a good place, and Ryu definitely was having some cool shit in there. Uh, Ken looks amazing right now. I think Ken looks really good. He's got great range on a lot. Dude, even jump attacks have great range. When Ken did, like, jumping medium kick... I would stand at the range that in Street Fighter V, you're pretty much safe from everybody when they neutral jump. And I got kicked in the face like seven bazillion times, dude. I got kicked in the face so many times, dude. Um, you want me to, dude, you, I'm scared of my opinion being roasted. Put up that tier list. All right, I'll put up that tier list. I'll put that tier list then. Where we got here? Tiermaker.com. Let's find Street Fighter 6. I'll make that tier list. Um, Street Fighter 6. Uh, these are these tier lists are not what I'm looking for here. These are not the tier lists. These are not the tier lists that you're looking for. Let's make a tier list over here. Characters in Street Fighter series. Oh, no, that's the whole thing. Dude, why do I not have... Oh, here we go. Caster Street Fighter 6 starting roster. Here you... Oh, no, that's a different thing, too. Jesus Christ! I can't find the right tier list for this. Do I just look up Street Fighter 6 beta or something like this? Uh, SF6 Fantasy. Dude, it's all just fantasy rosters. Everything, dude. What the hell? All right, look, I never use Tier Maker. If someone can give me a, a good link to a Tier Maker, I'll use that. But uh, let's talk about Tier List. Let's just talk about the characters. And again, this is super early on, and I didn't fight a lot of the characters a lot. Like, one of the characters, I feel like I never, ever saw uh was um was chun li <laughs> i think i never saw chun li's i played like no chun li's and so i'm oh okay thank you for the link guhawk perfect uh, and i'm gonna say this right now i'm gonna say this right now breaks my heart to say this but they need to fix her animations i think like Blanca and Dalsum, 
in Street Fighter 4, you can tell that they were the first characters made for the game. I feel like you can tell Chun-Li was the first character made for Street Fighter 6. She looks really odd. So much to the point that even when I played her in training mode, because I kind of wanted to learn Chun-Li, it kind of turned me off and I just didn't want to keep going. There's something wrong with the way Chun-Li looks in the game. And yeah, I mean, Olaf has been complaining about her stance forever. And uh, it's definitely, seeing it on my TV in full screen like that, I could see it a lot more. But even on top of that, like, I think all of her animations were a little wonky. This is... uh, one of those things that they're going to have to make a difference than in Street Fighter V. Like, they never kicked, fixed Ken's face. They never fixed Alex's pose or anything like that. Uh, I think in Street Fighter VI, it, it, it'll go a long way for goodwill if they try to clean up Chun animations a little bit. Everybody else looked great, okay? Like, don't get me wrong. I think... Everybody looked great except Chun-Li. It's weird. Like, it just really feels like Chun-Li. Like, you look at, you look at a character like Jamie and like, J- like Luke Forearms or whatever. Like, that's a style choice. I'm fine with that. I'm talking about animations. I'm talking about animations, honestly. Uh, I love the way Jamie looked. I think Jamie looked fantastic. Like, his... Dude, his, like, drunken boxing, the taunts, all these things looked super, super good. So, yeah, Tatsus definitely look weird, but I can get used to the Tatsus. Chun-Li has that Sakura problem for me, and that it's just really hard for me to watch Sakura in Street Fighter V. And uh, I felt kind of the same way by by Chun-Li. Like, I I don't, like, again, I, 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 she just, I hope they fix some of her animations. I really, really hope they fix some of Chun Li's animations because she just looked very strange to me, uh, to be honest. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But that's my take on Chun Li right now. Um, uh, Guile seems super strong. And I love the fact that Guile is back to being Guile. Street Fighter V Guile is not Guile. Street Fighter VI Guile is Guile. <laughs> Street Fighter VI is Guile again. The annoying Sonic Boom flash kicking mofo like that you are just having trouble getting in on. And again, as a person who has fought against that Guile forever, even though it was super strong and annoying to fight against, it felt like home to me to the point where I felt like I could still fight him. Even using Stubbs McKenzie in uh, Kimberly, for example. Like, I felt like I could still fight Guile decently. Was it a winning matchup for Guile? Probably. 
but not so much to the point that I felt like I was helpless in that fight. Let's just put it that way. So like, I, I, I really felt like, so uh, Pistol Pete's asking me to elaborate. Guile in Street Fighter V was way more offensive. He was may, way more aggressive. And because Street Fighter V is Street Fighter V, Guile played really well up close because you needed to have that kind of situation, right? Guile wasn't about just sitting there chucking booms all day and only flash kicking all day. Like, I, he could play that way, but if you tried to play that way, it wasn't as effective because one, his crouching medium kick didn't really have the range, but crouching medium kick in this game has that Street Fighter II range again, so it's really hard to get in on him from that distance, right? This distance was hard to get in on Guile. And uh, he was really good at sonic booming, crouch medium kicking, sonic boom, fake the sonic boom, you jump, flash kick. It felt like Street Fighter 2 Guile again. Uh, will he become more aggressive? Perhaps, especially with the drive rush stuff. But again, uh, he felt really strong. And I kind of didn't mind seeing Guile play that way. Keep in mind again, I'm the guy who likes playing Zangief versus Guile in hyper fighting. And remember, that matchup is like 3-7 in favor of Guile. Like, that match sucks. And in hyper fighting, it was one of the matches that I specialized in was fighting, Zangief, fighting Guile with Zangief. It was a match that I was really comfortable with. So again, I've just had so many years of trying to fight Guile that way. A lot of people put Guile as the strongest character in the game right now. And uh, I get it. A lot of people out there aren't used to fighting Guile that way. And so I feel like, uh, you know, that's going to be one of the things that's going to make him feel stronger, uh, to be honest with you. So uh, I really do think Guile is one of the best in the beta right now, in that beta. But I actually don't think he's the best, the best. I actually don't think he's the best. Uh, I really thought Jury was the best character in that game right now. Because Jury, the range on Jury's buttons were ridiculous. She was like Cammy. Like, she's like Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 5 Cammy, dude. Like, Jury's buttons were stupid. <laughs> like, like, dumb. Like, Jury was terrifying to me. She was really, really, really hard to fight. Uh, Street Fighter 4 Guile was more like Guile, for sure. Uh, I think he was definitely a little more like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I probably would so far put Jury alone in S tier, but then again, I don't think she was actually honestly that good. Like, I think it would be AA tier. Like, I would put her in an A plus tier. I, I know none of the characters are S tier. For sure, none of the characters are S tier right now. But yeah, Jury's dash was ridiculous, dude. Oh my god, dude. Her dash is insane. <laughs> But uh, I, I think Jury was probably the strongest character of the beta. Uh, I honestly do think Kimberly was not was probably on the lower side. Now this is me as a person playing Kimberly, mostly just because I felt like you know characters like Guile, like Jury, just outranged her really, really badly, 
really badly. And so it was really hard for her to get in. And I also felt like if Kimberly, if you jump backwards a lot, Kimberly had a hard time fighting you. Now, one of the things that I never tried to do with Kimberly was do EX teleport into jumping strong. I always came out with jumping medium kick, which hit down there. And if someone's jumping out, her jump strong hits way up here and is a knockdown. So that's probably a way to counter that. So if you teleport and then hit strong and the opponent's jumping backwards, you not only get to hit them, but you'll get a knockdown out of that because her jump strong, her jump medium punch is a knockdown. So I feel like uh, there's just a lot of things that I didn't practice and I didn't know with her. And so, uh, do I honestly feel like Kimberly is on the lower half? From my experience, yes. But again, day minus a bazillion. So, I really don't feel like she was that weak. Now, one of the things... Yeah, see, AA Watatsu is weird to you, Professor Maven. I used to play Guy. And in, the, in those alpha games, it was Tatsu. So, I, I've got it on deck, dude. It works. <laughs> It works for me really, really weird. Yeah, see, jumping away from Kim constantly, but it kept working. Yeah, it was the right way to fight her, uh, honestly. I've seen, I've heard some people put Kim higher, but most people, like I know, like Punk, like Brian and all these people, put Kim in the lower half. Most of the strong people that I know put Kim in the lower half uh, of their initial tier list. So, uh, but she has a lot of dirt a lot of shenanigans. And once she knocks you down in the corner, like, fuck, dude. Like, it's it's not fun at all. Like, she can blow you up really, really badly. So, again, uh, my tier list is, I'm going to cop out because my tier list, honestly, is going to be like A, 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 and A minus. Like, that might be what A plus, A, and A minus. Although, uh, everybody was saying Luke was really bad. <laughs> And uh, I, I can kind of, it's weird. It's like, now we get why Luke has such ridiculous range in Street Fighter V. Because he just becomes very normal and pedestrian in, in Street Fighter VI. <laughs> uh, it was interesting. Sonic Fox that they could, said that they could OS Kim's options. They said that she seemed strong initially, but thought she will get weaker over time. I could see that as well. Uh, so let's do this here. Here we go. My amazing tier list. We'll have S. We'll have A plus. We'll have A. We'll have A minus. And we'll have B. That's going to be my tier listing for now. And for Chun-Li, see, the thing is, I don't, I didn't, I, here, you know what I'm going to do? Like, add a row below. And I am literally have to add a row for Chun-Li. I have to add a row for, for Chun-Li. Because I just did not fight her at all. Nobody used this character at all. And uh, my, my camera is gone. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. I'll figure that out later. Uh, but I did not fight Chun-Li at all. So I'm just putting Chun down here, dude. Uh, so let's go ahead and fill out this. I really felt like Jury was A+. I felt like she was the strongest character. Guile was definitely the strongest character. Uh, I felt like Ryu... It's really hard to say between Ryu, Ken, and Jamie. Like, I thought they were all really... I think Jamie is going to be really scary once people get good at this character. 
Um, I'll put... God. I don't even know if I can do it this way. Let's put Ryu and then... Uh, Ken... And then Kim, maybe? And then maybe put Luke down here? I think that's it. Like, I think that's actually my tier list. <laughs> I think I think that's actually my tier list right now. <laughs> this might be my tier list at this point in time. And, uh, God, I don't even know if this is... I don't even know if this is fair. Like, I don't even know if this is A-. minus. Like, I almost feel like I'd rather just do this... Like this, maybe. Like this, I feel like this is probably my tier list. So Jury, I think her, she was really good because her dash was so fast and her button ranges were ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not controversial. I'm not controversial enough, dude. I, I honestly don't know if I can do more than this. This might honestly be my opinion on the characters right now. This might honestly be my opinion on the characters. and I only have Kimberly so low because I played her so I know what her weaknesses are, right? My problem with Jamie is that I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> because he's a brand new character, I didn't know how the drinking changed any of his frame data. I have no idea how his drinking changed any of his frame data. So I just was kind of fighting him blind, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, she, I mean, Jamie's dive kick, if he had it at the right distance, he was safe too, right? But Ryu just dished out a lot of damage. Ken could pressure you really well. Ken's pressure was very scary. I felt like Ken had the best rushdown because of that little hopping kick and because he has that hopping kick and run stop and all these other ways to catch you off guard so ken and kim probably had the best pressure but even kim didn't have good enough pressure at close range because if she cancels into run you can mash and stop her her only option to frame trap you is to run slide and if she's wrong on run slide she dies basically but yeah, a lot of people I felt like had a lot of fun with Ken, uh, honestly. So, uh, create fake controversy. All right, all right, all right. Let's do this. Uh, all right. All right, there we go. <laughs> This is now, this is now my thumbnail. This is my thumbnail uh, for, for my video over here. So there we go. That is my thumbnail for the video. <laughs> All right. Before anyone comes into this chat and is going to be like, what is James smoking? Okay, here we go. I'm just going to put it back to this here. Uh, okay, in any case, that's kind of where my character thoughts are right now for the game. 
I do honestly think everybody was good and viable. And given how Street Fighter V ended up, you know, it'll be interesting. Now, obviously, the developers of this game don't know their game perfectly either. So they're going to think that they're balancing it right. But once we really learn how to play this game, it's going to change how the characters are going to fall in the tier list. And again, if the developers know the game well enough that they can balance the game this, like, perfectly at the beginning, this is not a good fighting game, right? Like, we need to have the ability for players to really dictate how the game is played which is what happened to Street Fighter 5 and I really hope it happens to Street Fighter 6 as well so so I really 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 hope that there's a lot of room for discovery and growth in this game and that the developers are wrong about the balance in the game I, I kind of hope that they are because that means that we get to have a game that's enough that we can explore what's going on and I think that's really really important to have in fighting games Let's talk about the netcode experience here. Let's talk about the netcode experience. Look, uh, there's nothing f much for me to say. A lot of people were talking about playing from Europe to America, from Asia to Europe to from you know from South America to you know to to America. Some people were playing like uh, I think Big Bird was playing people in Japan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like I feel like uh, we really are like the netcode was fantastic. Now, was it perfect? Did I have bad matches? Of course I had bad matches. Uh, that's not a surprise. Like, you can't... There's no fail-safe way to fix distance and other people with bad internet. There's just no way. Like, it's impossible. It's If you figure out a way to make netcode work with somebody who has bad internet, you would better just publish that now and patent it and become a bazillionaire. Like, it just doesn't exist. The net code was fantastic, man. I played somebody in a 31-game set. It was amazing, dude. I, I played people in Mexico. It was amazing. Like, it, it was great, dude. Like, I, I enjoyed it. And from what I read from everybody else, the net code was amazing. So, obviously, my experience is good. I have Fios, okay? My, I'm, I'm spoiled. I have good internet in my house. But everybody that I saw, you know... I saw Punk say that the netcode was the best thing ever, and, like, everybody uh, was just having a great time. And the rematch speed? Oh. Oh, God, I didn't even mention that yet, dude. But the fact that they just, like, bam, man, rematch, and you're in there, and you're good. And, yeah, just like Vicstro says, uh, welcome, thank you for your first-time chat over here. But just like I said, Wi-Fi warriors will always be a thing. And, again, doesn't matter how good your Wi-Fi is. Wi-Fi is Wi-Fi, okay? Look, We've already had enough experts on to explain why Wi-Fi isn't going to be good. No matter what, you, there's nothing you can do to make Wi-Fi as good as wired, right? Until we get some sort of ridiculous technology that's literally like shooting lasers through the air or something like that. Wi-Fi is not going to work, so... <laughs> uh, but yeah, exactly. So like, honestly, the netcode was great. Uh, the netcode is great, dude. I, I, I had a great time. I, I didn't have terrible experiences. But again, it's hard for me to say because my experience with Street Fighter V is like 95% perfect, right? 
I very rarely have just completely unplayable matches in Street Fighter V. But again, that's because my network is really, really good, right? I have, I've made sure to get good internet because I'm streaming and playing video games at the same time. Uh, Drunk Guy is really good, uh, Lacrimosa. I really do believe so, yes. I think he's a very, very strong character. But I do think Jury is the best right now. Uh, but again, uh... Judging from what everybody else was saying, I played blah to blah, and it was fine. Like, I saw enough of those posts from, like, obviously strong players like Punk, like Big Bird, etc., etc., that, um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. My Street Fighter V experience is perfect. I have Fios, and I play on PC with a 120 hertz monitor. You know, all this stuff like that. So, what's up, Arctic Shadow? Thank you for the sub. Uh, but yeah, so again, you know, it's hard for me to be the one to tell you how the netcode experience is. But based on what everybody said, it's great. Let's just get this over with here. I just want to talk about this. Like, you <laughs> I forgot that was what I put as my detail. <laughs> I completely forgot I put that as my detail over here. Old school versus new school. As you can see down here, stop it. Get some help, dude. Look. Yeah, right, Ronkel? Yeah, dude, f fuck them new kid, new school kids, man. Now they're, dude, now those Street Fighter kids, see, I can't wait till Street Fighter 6 drops because now those Street Fighter 5 scrubs and those Street Fighter 4 noobs and also all those Street Fighter 3 junkies and the Street Fighter 2 fossils and the, and the Guilty Gear Strive kids and all of the Tekken wackos and all of the KOF uh, you know, uh, button mashers and all of the blaze blue nuts and uh, all of the time killers, you know, uh, idiots and everything like that. They're going to find out now what I am really all about once I once Street Fighter 6 drops, dude, because, dude, this is the game about fundamentals and footsies. There's no robbery in this game. It only rewards the best players. Now you're going to find out what fighting games really is, dude. <sighs> oh, this conversation is so old. It's so old. Oh, God. It's so old, dude. Stop it, please. Stop it. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Every fighting game is so different. Honestly. Honestly, every fighting game is so different. And we have to accept that. The folly, like I said, is trying to believe a fighting game is like an old version. And again, you know, while for a long time Guilty Gear and Tekken had that ability, and even those legacy style games changed a lot enough that XX players hated Exert, you know, uh, look, it's, it's, it, every fighting game is different. Your skills on one fighting game definitely apply to other fighting games, but we, it's good that fighting games are this different. I'm glad because look what Arxis is doing, putting rollback into Exert. 
Like, they're rewarding players playing old games because Arxis understands that people are still playing old games. This is what's so great about the fighting game community. I've already talked about this in a previous Not Tuesday show, but, like, literally a game that never had a scene has a scene right now. <laughs> Sailor Moon S, Arxis's first fighting game ever, has a scene now that it didn't have before. <laughs> like, like, if we're playing fighting games and you really are like, dude, see me in Street Fighter 4, go fucking play Street Fighter 4, dude. Like, just do it. Don't hope Street Fighter 6 is going to be the new Street Fighter 4. Because then you'll be waiting for Street Fighter 7. And then you'll be waiting for Street Fighter 8. And then you'll be waiting for Street Fighter 9. It's not going to happen. I'm not waiting for... I am not waiting for the next Super Turbo. I can go play Super Turbo. I can go play Super Turbo. Yeah, no rollback on Street Fighter 4. Obviously, that's a problem, right? That's a problem. So, um... That's going to be one of the things holding the old games back, which is why something like Fightcade has been amazing for a lot of old games, right? If people can actually hack and roll back for Street Fighter 4 on PC, I think that's great. I think that's great, to be honest with you. I think that's the right way to go. Um, but honestly, like, I just, I, dude, dude. If they put rollback into Street Fighter 4 and put it as one of the games you can play in Street Fighter 6 would be amazing. That'd be amazing, uh, honestly. Uh Rice Eater, are you the are you the same Rice Eater from Canada? Uh Honda player, right? Is that are you the same Rice Eater? I just wanted to ask and make sure. I wasn't sure uh if if that was the case or not. So, a Blanca player. That's right. That's right. No, you're not that guy. People keep... See, that's why I didn't want to make the assumption. <laughs> that's why I didn't want to make the assumption. So, there you go. Uh, but you are right in that rice is delicious. And actually, now that you've called yourself rice, I kind of need a rice dish now uh, after I'm done with the stream. I think I need to go get some rice. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, um, in any case, uh, oh, so you were there first. Screw that other guy. You're the rice eater. Uh, dude, Dubu Domo, someone asked me one time, if I had to give up rice or noodles, which one, which one would I save? Which one would I keep? And my response was, just kill me now. That's it. It's, no worth, it's not worth living. It's not worth living. Honestly, if I had to pick one or the other, not worth living. <laughs> not worth living. <laughs> <laughs> not worth living <laughs> in any case uh look are some old school players gonna come back in and start to do damage yes and, and i think like justin for example is gonna play better in this game than he's ever played in street fighter 5 and i think he's gonna enjoy the game a lot more Street Fighter V was not made for Justin. Street Fighter V was not made for Daigo either, despite how good Daigo got in the game. Again, very mind-based game. Now, once you get good enough at the game and you're willing to overcome your weaknesses, that you do study all the situations and understand how the game works, you can overcome it. Just because you're a heart player doesn't mean you can't get good at Street Fighter V. That is a, that is a fallacy. 
just because you're a heart player, I mean, if you are a heart player, you can absolutely become very, very good at Street Fighter V. It's just how it feels when you play. Do you enjoy it as much? And, you know, do you, are you good enough to teach yourself to play outside of your comfort zone? The fact that I got to Diamond in Street Fighter V uh, in in just like three weeks, starting from platinum, uh, in 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 September, I'm actually super proud of that. To be honest with you, I'm really proud of that because the first time I tried to get into diamond, that shit was a struggle, man. That shit was a struggle. But like, I got there, and it like it, I was like, I'm really happy. So again, you can actually overcome the weaknesses but the games have a net so yes are some old school players going to come in and be really strong at street fighter 6 are we going to see some of those super old school names like akino or 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 somebody come in and all of a sudden they're really good at street fighter 6 again are we going to see even older school names like graham wolf graham wolf kicked my ass on 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 the game at first he he, he gate kept me in my placement matches so, you know, uh, yeah, we're going to see some of these guys come back and do some real damage, dude. We're going to see some uh, real damage flow. If we can get flow in here, I think that's going to be really cool. But at the same time, I think the game is scientific enough that I think a lot of the mind players, especially given the fact that the game gives you all that information in the game, all the frame data is there, the science players are going to be able to get into this game really well as well. So does that mean that Street Fighter V players are going to succeed in Street Fighter VI? You fucking better believe that they're going to get good at Street Fighter VI, dude. Like, it's... Fighting game players are fighting game players, you know? We all love these games, okay? It's like I hate I hate having it so that old school players disrespect the new players, but I also really fucking hate it when the new players disrespect the old players. Like, do I believe if Mike Watson kept playing this whole entire time, or if Tomo kept playing this entire time, would they be some of the best right now? You fucking better bet that they'd be some of the best right now. Alex Vi is always doing damage at Wednesday Night Fights, and he barely plays, right? Like, he's not even taking it as seriously as he used to. If he kept playing this whole entire time, Vi would still be one of the best in, in Street Fighter right now. Again, Street Fighter V is not his game. Yeah, look at that. Valmaster bussin' ass, dude. Valmaster who was loved Street Fighter 4 and played the hell out of Chun in that game. Dude, I'm telling you, K-Brad, freaking uh, Mike Ross, dude. Like, I bet you all these guys are going to enjoy this game so much. And so, are we going to see players who can't succeed in Street Fighter 6? Yeah. Are we going to see players who just hate the game because when they first start to play, they're not going to do well? Yeah, absolutely. But are we going to see players of every generation actually be able to play the game? The reason why I used to say Street Fighter Third Strike was one of the most different games was because before I felt like Third Strike players had the hardest time branching out to other Street Fighter games. But that's just not the case anymore unless you are super old school and you're like Pyro Lee because then every game just fucking sucks unless it's Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, right? You just... You, that is the game you want to play. So I really just feel like players from every game is just... there. You're, we're going to find 
the success. We're going to find the failures. And I don't think that Street Fighter 6 is going to prove anything. Street Fighter... No, you know what Street Fighter 6 is going to prove? Street Fighter 6 is going to prove which players are the best at Street Fighter 6. <laughs> is Justin considered old school? Yeah. Justin's old school right now. He really is. He really is. So... <laughs> He's super old school. But yes, Street Fighter 6 is going to prove who is the best at Street Fighter 6. And it's not going to be any indication of how good you are overall at old games, at new games. Like Daigo said, is Nuki one of the greatest fighting game players Japan has ever produced? Yes, Nuki is not very good at Street Fighter 5. I mean, he can win. He's obviously good because he's good at fighting games, but... Is he making top eights right now? No. Does Nuki play Street Fighter V? Not really. Does that make Nuki bad? No. This is... Dude, Street Fighter IV did the same thing, man. When Street Fighter IV came out, everyone, like someone actually pu pulled up some really old conversations of old school players being like, when Street Fighter V comes out, you Street Fighter IV scrubs now are going to find out what it's about. And like that same person is saying right now, now you Street Fighter V scrubs are going to see what Street Fighter's about in Street Fighter VI. Like, dude, this conversation is never going to end, dude. <laughs> like... That's never gonna end, man. <laughs> it's just going in circles and circles and circles, dude. It's just how it is, man. Like, there's no point. To stop it. Get some help, dude. Like, stop it. Honestly, dude. It's, it's... The beauty of fighting games and the best thing that happened because of Street Fighter V. Launching... So <laughs> deflatedly, so ungloriously, was that it really spread a lot of people to Tekken, to Guilty Gear, to Dragon Ball Fighters and stuff. Like, it really created this spread. And we really are in a state right now where what I, it's very easy to say, bro, if you don't like the game, go play something else. Because all of the fighting games are so unique and so different enough, you will find a fighting game that is for you. But not every fighting game is going to be for you. Just because you like fighting games doesn't mean you're going to like all of them. That's just not how it works, man. It's, it's just not how it works. Go play what you enjoy if you don't like 6. But you feel bad because everybody else likes 6. One... Keep watching it, enjoy it. If you really want to learn it, try to understand the game for the being the game itself, or just go play something else. There's a lot of people. The Tekken 8's going to come out, and it's going to be wonderful. Go learn Tekken 8 when that comes out. Guilty Gear Strive just came out. Pick up some Strive. Don't listen to all the people hating on Strive. Like, don't listen to the people hating on Dragon Ball or Grand Blue Fantasy Versus or DNF Duel. Just go and play the games that you like. It's, there's just so many good games out there right now, dude. Honestly. So, KOF 15! Go play some KOF 15, man. There's so many good fighting games out there. And they're all out there waiting for you to play them, man. And that's the important thing. But, honestly, that's why having a game be as big as Street Fighter 6 potentially can be is also important.
because it will lead other people to other fighting games as well. And I just, I just, I think, just enjoy your fighting games, man. And, and like I said, the important thing is you're going to get baited into those discussions. You are going to get baited into those discussions. The chat is going to be full of people going, Street Fighter Six sucks. Street Fighter Five is so much better of a game. Like when you're when we're watching CPT as we move to Street Fighter Six, it's gonna be so many of the people chat. There's gonna be like, please bring back Street Fighter Five. There's none of this fucking drive impact garbage. You're gonna get bait. Don't get baited into them. You're allowed to like everything, and even if you don't like Street Fighter Five, you don't have to hate it. Don't get baited into into hating it. Like just don't enjoy. Watch it. If you like Street Fighter V and it turns out you don't like Street Fighter VI, you hate the drive impact and you can't deal with it and it's just such a stupid mechanic, what were they thinking? Like, then watch everybody else get salty playing it and enjoy watching from Street Fighter VI. Get hyped for some Street Fighter VI. Get hyped by the human storylines. Go get hyped by hearing the story of Graham Wolf coming back and killing everybody in Street Fighter VI and then having a grand finals against Punk, the old versus the new. Like, get hyped for that shit, dude. You don't have to play the game. And if you don't play the game, you don't have to hate the game. You don't have to hate it, uh, honestly. Honestly. So just get, get over that thing. Play the game that you like. Uh, not yet. I, this is old school versus new school uh, mentality still. So, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Case, Dude, we should do that. Like, honestly, I might just start doing that. As soon as Street Fighter 6 comes out, I'm going to put out the, the, the see me in Street Fighter 7 hashtags and memes. I'm just going to be like, boy, I can't wait till Street Fighter 7 comes out so you know how good I'll really be at fighting games. Um, dude, right? So Initial D Volvo says, admittedly, I was a lot happier when I stopped playing Street Fighter V. Would come home every day and just rage at the game. That's exactly what it is. That's why I uninstalled Teppen. Like, that game was super unhealthy for me as well. And honestly, like, you can enjoy watching the game. You don't have to play it. It's just really, it's just really how it is. So, um... Right, so like Labble says, like I don't, I know it's a hypothetical, but I don't know how you go from checking dashes in Street Fighter V to complaining about DIs, right? Like DIs are actually theoretically slower, <laughs> right? Dash into low jab is faster than DIs. I think the reason why they complain is because you can throw out buttons to check dashes preemptively, right? And DIs, you might get absorbed and die. But again, like I said, the amount of damage you can get from a DI counter from a DI is massive. So, oh man. So uh, again, you know, I just I play the games that you like. And if you don't like the game, watch it. And like I said, like, like when DNF came out, I was like, DNF is the most like, was the most vampire savior-ish, broken-ass game with just, like, the most ridiculous craziness. And if you hated playing it because it was annoying that so many characters were so broken, watch it and laugh and just have a great time watching everybody else die and suffer because they forgot to block Hitman's uh, 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 one-time DP when he was in Awakening, you know? <laughs> like... 
<laughs> like, watch the games and enjoy it and laugh, dude. Like, if the game really is boring for you to watch, then, yeah, that, I, there's not much I can say about that. There's not much I can do. But again, again, this is just my useless ranting again, always of, let's just enjoy all the fighting games, man. Just learn how to watch fighting games. Once you learn, I mean, that's what makes Marvel so great, right? Marvel versus Capcom 2 and 3 are the ultimate games of only a few people can play that game, but everybody enjoyed watching it. It's just, it's so hype, right? Like, you just can't help but enjoy that watching that game. And so, yeah, that game is miserable to play for a lot of people. But, goddamn, is it, was it like the greatest game to watch? And so many fighting games can be that for you. So, again... All this old school, new school debate, all this whole thing, this game sucks, that game's great, whatever. Forget it. Treat Street Fighter VI as a new game instead of, like I said, I immediately picked up on Street Fighter VI that it was a game played at this range. And it wasn't Street Fighter V to be played at this range. So I didn't care about trying to frame trap people. I just played from this range. And that was all I did. And immediately, like, my brain was like, okay, this game is different. I will play it differently. I will learn a different way to play it. And that's all you've got to do, man. That's all you've got to do. Uh, that's all you have to do is just understand that the fighting games are different. And there's so many great things about every fighting game. Like, I've already said a million times, Street Fighter V is not a game for me. Okay? I'm, I'm, I, I, I struggle in that game a lot. And is it comfortable for me to play? Not really. <laughs> but I still love watching it. And I still know it's a really, really good game how it is right now. And I can still play it and understand that. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be the thing, right? Just know that you're getting yourself into a brand new game. It's not going to be the game you want it to be. Because the beautiful thing about it is the game that you want it to be is still there. Go play it, you know? Just just go play it. If you don't think... If you don't think that there's a scene for it, if you think that uh, nobody is playing your game anymore, go look at Pat the Flip and, and, and Irene and Coquette. Go, go look at what Pat the Flip and Coquette did for Exert in California, West Coast Exert. Go see what they did. They never knew rollback was coming, and they never gave up on that game. They created a scene in the West Coast for Exert, and it grew, and people are happy. And now rollback is coming to Exert, and Pat the Flip has already created this community out there that's ready to go rollbacking it up. Once that patch comes out, dude, yo, like seriously, like... If you want to play Street Fighter 4, you can do the thing. You can be the guy to build Street Fighter 4 back. You can do it. It'll take dedication. Your first few weeks are going to have five players in it. Go talk to Pat the Flip and Coquette about it. Literally, their first few tournaments were like five, six people. And now it's like they're getting full brackets and stuff. Like, it'll take time. But if you have that dedication, you can do it. Honestly, honestly, I think that's just, it's really what it comes down to. Street Fighter Six is going to be a new game. It's not going to be anything like 5. It's not going to be anything like 4. not going to be anything like 3 or Alpha or 2 or CVS 
or anything else you want it to be. It's going to be its own game. And it's going to be fucking fun based off of what we know. Right? That's how it works. And so, I mean, the best thing I can say in conclusion, honestly, is uh, look how good Street Fighter V got after six years. Like, it's stupid to say this, but can you imagine how good this game is going to be in six years? Holy shit. Like, Street Fighter VI is probably the best first entry into a fighting game for Street Fighter that I've ever seen, honestly. Because let me tell you something, okay? Let me tell you something. Get get over the old school rose-tinted glasses. Street Fighter Alpha 1 sucked. <laughs> Street Fighter Alpha 1 sucked, dude. <laughs> honestly, uh, Street Fighter 3 New Generations sucked, dude. <laughs> it's uh, CVS 1... There are people who still like CVS 1, especially the aesthetics and stuff like that. But it still wasn't that good compared to CVS 2, right? Street Fighter 4, I will say, first season, first year of Street Fighter 4 is probably, if Street Fighter 6 doesn't surpass it, Street Fighter 4 first year might be the best initial Street Fighter game, honestly. Uh, Street Fighter 4 first season was really, really good. Uh, I mean, obviously it had a lot of problems and bugs, but its ability to bring everyone back and be this very playable game uh, was great, was great. Uh, but again, if Street Fighter VI comes out and this kind of love and care is put into this game, I mean, this this is like the game made for consoles right now and made for home play. They're finally making a Street Fighter from the get-go for home. And, you know, with all the one-player stuff and with the way the game played that I already enjoyed it right now, this might be the best version of a initial Street Fighter game we may have ever seen to this date. And is it going to have flaws? Yeah. Are we going to find stupid shit in this game? Probably. I mean, I would say 90% likelihood one character is going to end up being, like, really stupid because they just didn't account for something absolutely that is going to happen in this game. And so all of this stuff, you know, but even saying all that, even though that this game will come out with problems, its initial package coming out right now might be the strongest that we've seen any fighting game, uh, uh, any Street Fighter game, I'm going to say. And not only that, too, but what's great about this is that you know, I said this on the stream while playing the game. One of the most important factors in my mind is that because they're putting all these options, because they're putting in the world tour, because they're putting in the battle hub, like, honestly, if you as a viewer, as a casual player, or even a semi-serious player of fighting games, enjoy that stuff, and if you are looking at it and going, wow, those frame data bars are awesome. Oh my God, the accessibility options are awesome. Please shout to the heavens about it and say, I bought the game because of how, because of the one player content. I bought the game because of the frame data stuff. I bought the game because of the accessibility options. Because if Street Fighter VI comes out and is a success, and everybody says they bought the game because it has all these cool things in there, we can finally 
say to every company, this is why you put this shit in the game, because it will sell your game. Because the biggest argument why you don't put all this stuff in the game is because it's not going to affect sales, right? If MK11 didn't have frame data in the game, would it have sold as many copies? Probably. However, if you took out all the one-player content out of MK11, would it have sold as many copies? Maybe not. And so MK11, Injustice, great games for arguing of why you need to put one-player content in there. But if Street Fighter VI's success with the World Tour mode, with just giving you the frame data right there and then, can make it so that Bandai Namco says, well, shit, and now Tekken puts in all this shit. How do we not all win? The reason why we are getting such great net code in all of these games right now is because of Strive. And the reason why Strive has great net code is because of you guys who yelled about it in all of the polls and the surveys, right? And then the first, people don't remember this, the first beta of Guilty Gear Strive was delay-based netcode. And then they changed it to, and then from that point forward, the betas were all rollback. And even Japan was like, wait, this is rollback? Because, again, there's no questioning it. Street Fighter V did irreparable damage to the reputation of rollback netcode. Strive fixed it so much. And now everything is, KOF 15, they finally admitted that they were, they were delay-based netcode at first and that they ripped it out and replaced it with rollback netcode. Would that have happened without Strive? Probably not. And so if we can just get to this point, if Street Fighter VI truly, like World Tour comes out and it is truly just this awesome experience, because honestly it could still suck. <laughs> World Tour mode could definitely still suck. We, won't, we have no idea. But a lot of other things are cool. And if we can at least get it into the, the developer's head that this stuff is important. From a game like Street Fighter VI, obviously, them's fighting herds, Killer Instinct, a lot of games out there have been doing this, but they don't have enough power. They don't have enough pull. If a mainstream, like I said, Strive had enough pull to really show people what uh, Netcode was about to Japanese audience, to the mainstream, Street Fighter VI may have that kind of it does have that pull to be able to show people why one player content and having as much in game as possible to help people learn fighting games you know is important if we can show that and tell that to people and 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 the developers uh see that this is important fighting games can only get better from here and the scene will grow because again i'm not telling you to play street fighter 6 you know, if you happen to play it and you enjoy these things, talk about it. Be honest about it. If, the, if World Tour mode comes out and sucks, be honest about it. But if you do happen to play these games, be, you know, talk about how much you appreciate these things so that other people start putting it in their games so that the people who don't like Street Fighter VI might find Tekken 8 and then fall in love with Tekken 8. And that just continues to grow our scene. I mean, really, honestly, that's, that's like 
that's just basically what it is, man. That's just basically how I feel about it. Again, you know, it's easy for everybody, and I said this in a stream when after the beta was over, it's very easy to discount everything that I say because I'm in the game as a commentator, right? It's very easy to discount everything I say because I got paid to be put into the game and they're going to pay me some more probably to do commentary for the game. And so like, of course I can sit here all day and be like, this game is so great. And it's just like, you're such a fucking shill, James. Like, yeah, it's, I, I can only count on you to believe me. <laughs> I can, I can only count on you just to believe me. But again, this is, I want Street Fighter 6 to succeed, not because I want Street Fighter 6 to succeed. I want Street Fighter 6 to succeed because, again, the rising tide lifts all bolt, boats. And the fighting game community is like, I've actually said, if Street Fighter 6 becomes so popular that it deletes every other fighting game, that is a bad thing. That is a bad thing. We do not want that to happen. We want Street Fighter 6 to be so big that it grows everybody. If it actually starts deleting other games, that is a problem. Then we are in a situation that we need to fix, okay? I want Street Fighter 6 to succeed so that all the other fighting games to succeed. Strive has sold more copies than any Guilty Gear in history. And that's important. You know, that's what we want to keep continuing. I want Strive and KOF. I want KOF 15 to have six seasons. I want Tekken 8 to come out and blow everybody out of the water. I want Mortal Kombat 12 and have everybody play Mortal Kombat 12. You know, like, honestly, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> right, Kagaden? It's all about, he says, you mean this is all about community and people and having fun? <sighs> exactly, man. That's just the way it is, dude. Oh, man. And, and that's what it's really all about. Honestly, honestly, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Ricita, uh, in general, voice acting work doesn't get royalties. There's a lot of people you can talk to out there. Voice acting work is not a great industry. A lot of people don't get paid a lot for it, and a lot of people don't get a lot of royalties uh, for it, honestly. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I might have even gotten even maybe a little bit more than industry standards, to be honest with you. Uh, cause I know industry standard for voice acting is very, very bad right now. It's a very tough business. If you're in the voice acting circle, you will hear it a lot from a lot of people. The voice acting field is a very, very rough one out there right now. So, we'll see. We'll see. But, um, stream's been over three hours already. Um, I don't want to make this too long here. So, I, I think that's about all I have to say. Uh, again, there's so much for this game to look forward to. Uh, you know that the game did well and in this beta that everybody is having withdrawals. And to see how much so many people were enjoying the game was making people who weren't in the beta upset because <laughs> they really wanted to play it too is a good sign for the game. It's, it's, it's a very, very good sign for the game. Do I expect this game to come out to be perfect? No. Do I want it to come out and be perfect? No. 
No, because, uh, you know, if anything comes out and it's perfect, like, then that means that we're probably all signing our souls to the devil and we didn't know. Like, nothing is just going to come out that way. It's just, it's just not going to be like that. It's just not going to be like that, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Cogden. Cogden says, I love your voice work and commentating, too. Plus one to Labble. I learned so damn much from you. Love your passion for the FGAC and sport. Um, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I hope people do see that out of me, and I hope people do uh, understand that it really is just, I love the game. I love the genre. I want it all to succeed as so much. So, uh, again, again, I could have stayed being a programmer. <laughs> I'd be living a lot happier life right now. <laughs> At least financially, I would be. But motherfucker, I'm in Street Fighter 6 right now. So there's not much I can say that I made the wrong decisions, okay? <laughs> there's not many things that I could tell myself that I made the wrong decisions in life. Because I am fucking in Street Fighter 6. And they let me say, is it going to kill in that game? So if you ask me, have I been making the wrong decisions in my life? Fuck no, dude. <laughs> I think I've been doing something right. I think I've been doing something right. So there you go. <laughs> so there you go. But thank you guys for watching here uh, on the Not Tuesday show. Rebranding's got to be coming soon. I'm just lazy and all that stuff like that. But I really, really do hope uh, you guys are enjoying the content that I'm putting up here. And again, I, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, listening to this on podcast, watching on stream, you just know this is what you're going to get. I'm long form content, man. Don't expect a lot of the cool 10 minute, five minute videos from me, but I hope you really do enjoy uh, the stuff that I've been producing for the Ultra Chin channel. And uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in and watching. Uh, let's find somebody to raid over here. Uh, find someone to raid uh, that I really, really want to. Wow, some people are still... Oh, they're watching Street Fighter 6 footage. <laughs> That's why there's some people still on Street Fighter 6 right now. Oh, man, it's funny. Uh, I think I might have raided him before a long time ago, but I see uh, AM Kid is playing right now. Uh, some Street Fighter Five, so let's go ahead and raid AM AM Kid. That's A M K I D D. For those of you listening to this, if you want to go check him out at any point in time or anything like that. So uh, outside of that, though, again, thank you guys for watching. Really hope you are guys are enjoying this content. Uh, let me know in the YouTube below, or you know, if you've lasted this long <laughs> throughout the whole video. And uh, like I said, I will see you next week here on the Not Tuesday show. And uh, take care. Be safe out there. And uh, continue to... Uh, I know this is what I say in my uh, normal streams on Jay Chandra channel. But be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Tell AM Kid I said hi. And I will see you guys next time. Peace out.